I already did. Um, welcome. We have uh, more technical difficulties again, um, but that's okay. We're here. I uh, have a lot to say. Um, we have a fun show. Uh, as always, if you're here, the most important thing is to like, leave a comment, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, hit the notifications bell, all, all of that good stuff. It would make me very, very happy. Very happy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, well, what's up? How, how was playoff playoff things? I mean, that, that first good. game definitely left good. a little bit to des be desired, but... You know, I think the second game somewhat made up for it. A lot more controversy and a little bit more scoring by both teams as opposed to just one. See, this this is the issue being in the UK is that I stayed up and watched the first game and then had to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought the Whoa. second one was was pretty fun. You know, tie game with three minutes left and. Came down to a last-second field goal. Two good teams, so can't complain about that. Now, did it come down to a last-second field goal or a last-second last call by the referees? Hey. If you don't want to call. You're going to get the show canceled. <laughs> if you don't want it called, then don't put two Only It doesn't up. matter. <laughs> Only I can cancel this show, which I might do at any time. You know, if people don't watch the show, it'll be canceled. That's always what I say. Um, so, you know, that's why it's important to like the video. You must like the video and leave comments. Otherwise, the show, it could do. I don't know. I mean, the week is a long time. Who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen between this week and next week? We never know. It's always what I say. Um, you know, the walls of this maze hold many mysteries. It's always very important to remember that. Um, but anyway, let's see here. What else was on my list? Uh, we can talk about Aaron Rodgers. That's on my list. There was a whole video. It was 20 minutes, 20 minutes long, very long of me uh, not liking Aaron Rodgers. Uh, why, what, what is there to like? You know, I, he can take his ayahuasca and his immunization elsewhere. Um, well, I, I think the issue is he hasn't been doing the ayahuasca. He took could it be before his MVP seasons. And, and then he needed to do more off. of that. What do are, is there like some story you'd like to share? It sounded like there was a story you wanted to share. Uh, just what it sounded like. No, it's just no. It's, I think I think it seemed like the the public kind of got the idea that he took that and that's kind of like did something to his play maybe the last few years. Oh but the story was you know he took it before his MVP seasons and then and the, the most we've heard he hasn't been taking it the last year or two and. Look what it's done. <laughs> yeah. Let's so see. So moral here. of the story, do drugs. It's <laughs> now wait a minute. It's important for me to, now now let's let's go back there. It's important for me to note that this show does not endorse doing any drugs of any kind. You know, it's totally totally don't endorse that. It's a totally not something that I approve of. I couldn't dis <laughs> can't even say that was straight face. Um, totally disapprove of it. Totally disapprove. Fully um, said in jest. Fully said. Yeah. Totally disapprove. Um, okay. So let's see. So there was some news, uh, and then of course we can talk about the playoff games, and then there are other things. So uh, Nathaniel Hackett um, failure. Hackett 
was hired as the Jets offensive coordinator. Total failure, but he was hired as an offensive coordinator. So I, I don't think that was such a, a good move. But um, Rich, aren't you a Jets fan? I am for my sins. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, are you happy that failure uh, Hackett was hired as the offensive coordinator? Are you happy about that? Look, maybe I'm I'm uh, besmirching your last comment, but look, if if it brings Rogers and we get a competent quarterback, I'm I'm always happy. Well, I mean, how did that work out for Denver? They thought it was going to bring Rogers, then it didn't bring Rogers, and then yeah. But let's let's be honest. If you're a Broncos fan, at least you've had you know John Elway, Peyton Manning. You've had some competence. I've I've been a Jets fan for the 25 years. The highlights of quarterback play I had was one season of Brett Favre where he failed to get us to the playoffs. And Chad Peddington before his shoulder. What about Vinny Testaverde? Oh, that's before you. Yeah, that was that was my first two years. I'm not calling them a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nathaniel Hackett is a, a terrible coordinator. I mean, he's terrible at everything, really. I mean, he is a big failure. I had some people say that he was so good. He did a great job with that one year in Jacksonville. And he did do a good job in 2017. But they fail to mention that he was the quarterback's coach who developed Blake Bortles. Uh, that was his responsibility. Total failure. And then in 2018, he was unceremoniously fired by the Jaguars for leading one of the worst offenses in the entire league. They also fail to remember that he was the offense coordinator of Buffalo for two years. He did a terrible job. Terrible job. He was terrible. So it was really bad. And then it was bad in 2016 bad and fired in 2018 so it was really actually in 2015 as the quarterbacks coach was also not so good so a lot of failure and one good year and now 2022 was another failure so he was good when he was with Aaron Rodgers but he didn't really do anything so we'll have to see we'll have to see if he can uh you know he'll probably ruin everything on the Jets but that's that's fine it was pretty bad before uh so we'll have to see let's see what's next Panthers hire uh failure Reich Another failure. So they're putting out a retread of failure. I don't think that's so good. I don't know why they did that. I mean, he was uh, did a very poor job as the coach of the Colts. Very, very poor job. I mean, he is, uh, you know, they're going to entrust Reich to uh, potentially be a part of bringing in the next quarterback. I wouldn't trust Reich with that. He was responsible for bringing in Matt Ryan. Totally responsible for that. And that didn't work out. Totally responsible from the prayer circle, the prayer breakfast, responsible for Carson Wentz, a total failure. And then, you know, there were other problems. I mean, with Philip Rivers, it was it was okay. I mean, it was honestly better than the other two. But he was responsible for that, another Band-Aid that didn't solve anything. So he's totally responsible for all of those failures. And now he's going to be responsible for bringing in a quarterback to the Panthers. I don't think that's going to be so good. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I'm not really excited about that. Well, uh, as a Panthers fan, I'm hoping that he's done with the Band-Aid route. I hope, I hope well, he's learned his lesson. Well, so I'm the glad that you're here then. That's perfect timing. We The first news item was a Jets thing and then a Panthers one. So the I Panthers know. have the ninth overall pick in this year's draft, and there are other possibilities of how they might acquire a quarterback. What would, let's say you were the general manager of the Panthers, what would you do if you were the general manager? How about that? Let's see. Well, I will say I'm, I'm really tired of the Band-Aid thing because not only have the Colts been doing that, but the Panthers have been doing that. Ever since Cam, you know, hurt his shoulder, it's been Teddy Bridgewater and let's 
try to retread Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and everybody under the sun. I mean, Kyle Allen, it's been a train wreck. And so I'm not looking for us to go get a Jimmy Garoppolo or some other retread Band-Aid. I, I would like for us to take a stab at figuring it out through the draft. I mean, that was uh, – the draft is how we got Cam Newton in the first place. It doesn't always work out. Before Cam Newton, we drafted Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> but uh, I, you got to try something, right? So I would like to, to take a quarterback at nine or even potentially trade up for one. Anybody but Will Levis. Well, I, I think you're going to get Will Levis. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. But. Well, I think so because Frank Reich, it sounds very possible because Frank Reich has a history of poor judgment. And of course, that's, we know what he would do. He's going to bring in a quarterback who likes to put mayonnaise in his coffee. That's what is going to happen. We know it, but it's, it's true. There's a video you can clearly see. He's putting the mayonnaise. Will Levis likes mayonnaise in his coffee. We can't, I can't have that. Yeah, he's also that. a terrible quarterback. So there's that. Well, that's, yeah, these are less important. That's a, that's a, a good point. But the fact that he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, I think, is a big problem. I mean, we can't, we can't have that. I mean, that just shows poor judgment. Pretty gross. Or it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Well, I, I don't get Reich's judgment. He spent the last, what was it, four years struggling because he's not got a quarterback. And he then goes to a job where he doesn't have a quarterback. It's, you know, it's just, you know, glutton for punishment. That's the smartest thing. I know. But, he made uh, his name off of, I mean, he's worked with Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, and Andrew Luck. That's where he got his, his name, basically. And just, so I don't get why he doesn't. You know, I, I get there's only 32 head coaching jobs. If you get offered one, it's hard to say no. But just take a year out. You're going to become more hey, If he were if he were younger, I'd agree with you. But he's 61. This is it. He's not going to get another but, chance. But if, if this is your last chance, do you want this this to go out? <laughs> uh, my guess is You'd that this no. was it. My guess is this was it. It was he wasn't going to be in line for another head coaching job this year. At 61, if you take a year off, you're 62. After a year off, our team's... You got to kind of strike while the iron is hot. Hey, Pete Carroll's you're gonna get a job. still young. <laughs> eh. Yeah, it's to not me, a good he's... position to find. Yeah, but he's got a quarterback like Chino. This is well, he might not. Chino's free agent. Who knows? <laughs> Pete Carroll yeah. though has also been entrenched in that job. I don't think if Pete Carroll got fired, he would ever get another job. I think this is it. I don't, like he's not going to get another job. Yeah, he's an old there's, man. there's an owner out there. Same with Bill Belichick. If either of them got fired, there'd be an owner out there that would sign him up immediately. Well, Bill, Bill Belichick that. is not getting fired. Yeah, but if I'm saying if they both hit the open market, they'd both have a job within 24 hours. Think so? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm with I'm with Rich on that one. Pete Carroll's 71. <sighs> Doesn't matter. He's got He's enough successful. track record of success. I think somebody'd hire him. Mm-hmm. It's, people forget he's had, I think he's had one losing season since he's been there. And that one it's, losing season, I think they made the playoffs. Yeah, I know. It's just, you don't see coach. I mean, Piquel's the oldest coach in the NFL. Like, you don't really, I mean, it's rare you see a coach in their 70s at all. Rare. Yeah. Very rare. I mean, it's amazing what he's doing, honestly. It's amazing what he did. But I, I don't, I don't know if a team is going to hire a coach in their 70s to like start over with a new team. That just seems kind of, no one's ever done it. No one's ever done it. No one's ever done that before. So he would be the first ever to to do that. So it would be interesting, but I don't I don't see that as very. He hard. may not even want that. I mean, he may. No, well, I I think that's beside the point. I, I I agree with you. I don't think I think it's maybe, maybe that's why it's never happened. Is because if you get fired at seventy, yeah, I mean, when you're seventy something, don't you want to like relax? I mean, 
Yeah, but Pete, Pete Carroll's not a normal 70-year-old, is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> he's not he's, normal in a lot of ways. He's on something that I would like to be on. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> he's, um, got, he's got more energy than me, and he's like 40 years older than me. So well, I, I don't have any energy. I mean, we know that I'm like the old man of all of this stuff. Um, but let's see. What's next? Rams hire Mike LaFleur as offensive coordinator. Well, that makes – it's interesting. I don't know why they did that. It's just Sean McVay's buddy, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, it is what it is. Sean McVay calls plays anyway, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, next, Sean Payton looks like he might might not get a head coaching job. Wait, I, apparently the Saints are wanting two firsts. Like, no, I can't yeah. see any team that needs a head coach willing to pay two firsts plus twenty five million. Yeah, that's you know, my no, Nobody's going. I mean, to do he's that. a he's a fine head coach, and but he's. I mean, he took he went to what one Super Bowl in twenty years with Drew Brees. So it's it's not like I don't know. I wouldn't give up two firsts for him. Like higher. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up anything for him. So I don't. Yeah, I'm all out on him. even even one first seems like. Well, no. I mean, actually, I have many complaints about him. I think he was very overrated. I think there was a long period of time where he did a very poor job actually down the stretch it was not good you know it was really not good and if he had any say in some of the general manager decisions that the saints made that's why they're in trouble today i mean that's why he left you know he left yeah, he because he put them in a shitty assuming he was partially responsible for that which i think he was given the degree of control he wants over player personnel in his next job i think it's safe to assume he was partially responsible for the saints personnel decisions and he buried them in a deep cap hole it was nightmare roster that they're going to take a long time to get out of. And they, they tried mm-hmm. to do other things to get out of it. And they put the, and they put themselves in deeper of a hole by trying to undo all the fuck-ups that he made over the last who knows how many years. But he did a very poor job down the stretch. It really wasn't so good. He did well earlier, but recently it, it wasn't mm-hmm. so good. So I'm not yeah, paying him. He's, he's older. He's, he's not that old. I'm actually yeah. surprised. But I thought he was teams, in his sixties. I just think if he, if a team gives up significant draft capital to trade for him, and then they also on top of it have to give a really mega long term contract. Nobody's doing money, that. Nobody's and doing give that. him player personnel control. If it doesn't work out, that sets you back a decade. I mean, that's nobody's doing that. I don't. That's I don't why know. he's going back to TV. Two, two, two things. First of all. You know, there's only what we 18 months left on his contract with the Saints. So there's probably a chance that this time next year, the Saints will accept, I know, like a second, maybe a third, something like that. Yeah. And also, you know, Kellen Moore's gone. Mike McCarthy's now calling plays. So we can report that Mike McCarthy's getting fired by the Cowboys next year. So I love how they thought that was the solution. The, The way to fix it was to make Mike McCarthy call the plays. That was the solution. It's because all Jerry cares about is Zeke, and Kellen Moore wanted to get rid of Zeke. So Michael McCarthy said, "I'll call plays. We'll keep Zeke." And Jerry's gone. Yeah, he go. You 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 can have what you want. I can't. I can't with that. But whatever. I mean, you know. Um. So Kellen Moore is gone, and he was hired like twenty hours later by the Chargers. That's interesting. And Justin Herbert had his surgery. He should be ready in a couple of months. I'm not really worried about that. But it makes me wonder how long he was playing with the bad shoulder. The whole year. 
Or from whenever it happened. I mean, originally, that was early. It was yeah. rib, ribs and shoulder, I think it was all combined in one, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. What do we think of Kellen Moore? I think that's more relevant than the injury. Because I don't think he's still going to be... He's not going to still have this injury in eight months. So. I think it's... And anything that wasn't Lombardi was a, a, a big push. And I think, you know, <laughs> can, can we get Justin Herbert's A dot above eight? Like, you know, maybe push the ball down the field a little bit. It might might help. Yeah, I don't know why uh, they were interested in Joe Lombardi as offensive coordinator. He really did a poor job. You know, he was very, very bad. In yeah, his time the as... they have, they should have been a lot better, that's for sure. Well, yeah, he was really bad. I mean, he was terrible in his two years in, in Detroit. He really did a very poor job as offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I don't think he should have gotten another offensive coordinator job. I don't really know what Brandon Staley was thinking, but you know, I don't know why Brandon Staley sells a job. I don't know why he sells a job. He's totally incompetent. I can tell you why Staley's got a job because the Chargers are a cheap organization. Oh, that's exactly why. But, well, then they should find owners who have more money. That's what they should do. They should find owners who have more money because Brandon Staley is so bad. I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to win anything with him as a head coach. He's just so bad. He doesn't understand basic concepts of being a head coach. He really isn't so good. So, so it's, it's really bad. They blew in the playoffs. It's just. I mean, I won't do the eight minute rant over again. I but, know. you know, it's, it's, it's always <laughs> the same thing. The defense was bad. Why didn't he do something about it? The clock management last year was a big problem this year. Why didn't he do something about it? Uh, there were other things. I mean, there was personnel issues. We knew about them. He knew about them. He didn't do anything about it. And then there were other things like discipline. Player discipline was a problem last year. And then this year, more penalties. He didn't do anything about it. So he shouldn't sell the job. But he does because the Chargers can't afford to fire him. That's, that's really what it is. And, and, you know, we can – luckily on here, I can say the quiet part out loud. I don't, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. This is what's nice about not being the official NFL media. I, I, don't, I don't give a fuck if Brandon Staley doesn't like me. Like, he's not watching this show. And even if he were, he certainly wouldn't watch it after my segment, eight-minute segment on him uh, a couple of weeks ago where I detailed all of his failures, um, of which there are so many that the segment could have been eight hours. But that's, you know, minor details. So before we get into the running backs, let's uh, go into the games, the playoff games from this weekend. Let's start with the first game first, I suppose. Uh, The 49ers and the Eagles. That game kind of got off to a... You know, yeah, it just never got started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is, right? I mean, quarterback got injured in what seven minutes in, and then that was it. Yeah, and they're you know Frank Warner or Fred Warner too, right? I mean, I don't recall if he came back, but he he went out on the first defensive series, and yeah, he came came back the next series in. Yeah, but it you know it it just shows that. You know, you can't you can't function without a competent quarterback when it comes to the playoffs. And you know, Johnson's not getting it done. But when he then got concussed, like, what can you do? It's just it, it's a shame they didn't have a a mercy rule and the 49ers could have just gone home and saved sort of lead time in second half. I think the reality is from the 49ers for actual fantasy takeaways from this game. You can toss most of the game because there's no Josh Johnson quarterback playing anytime soon. So the reality is, though, that I think moving forward, Christian McCaffrey is going to be back. Everyone's going to be back. I mean, they're all there. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's under a long contract. They started winning when they got him, so he's not going anywhere. George Kittle is under a long-term contract. He's not going anywhere. 
They just extended Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, I think, played well enough that they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Um, and they don't have to make a decision on him. I, They might. I mean, I don't think he's going to get extended, but I also don't think he's going to get traded away. They don't, they don't need to rush it because all the guarantees of Debo's deal are out by the time they'd have to extend Ayuk. So they're never going to have to pay both of them. Well, they the do have time. to decide. Well, no, they will. They're going to have to pay Ayuk's fifth year option in 2024 at the same time. Yeah, so they will but have that's, to do that. that's, that's not big money, is it's it? It's not that's that bad. What, yeah, it's not that, that bad. It's 16 million. 15, 16 million. It's, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not cheap, but it's not awful. It's not awful. But I He's do good think they pick it up. I think they pick it up. I mean, in today's market, 15, 16 million for a receiver who can play as a, I don't think Ayuk can be a one, but I think he's better than almost. I think he's top most 15 years. NFL receiver. Top 15? Yeah. I think that's stretching it. I but was actually pretty surprised. 15? I was scrolling through Sleeper the other day, looking at like points per game, and he was wide receiver 15. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking. I'm not talking fantasy. I mean, pure NFL. I think he's top 15. I yeah. think he's a yeah, better he NFL better. player than a fantasy player. He's never going to be a consistent top 15 fantasy player in this offense because he yeah. requires people to get hurt. Yeah. This offense I mean, I mouse his, his rookie year when Debo wasn't playing and Kittle was hurt. And exactly. You know, he was, he was when he was good. Yeah. one, but that hasn't happened for him. The problem since. in this offense is that you usually say, Oh, two mouths to feed good players eat, but it doesn't actually work that way in this offense because the difference in quality between Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle is almost nothing. They're all good. They're all very good, but nobody has that leg up over the other. So because nobody has that leg up, they all produce, but it's just with Christian McCaffrey there too, it just isn't possible. They just cannot all produce as they're, they would on another team. It just If they had Patrick Mahomes, maybe, but they don't. So it's just not possible. The target pie is just too small. Um, and they also run the ball too well to to want to do that. So unfortunately, someone, and oftentimes two of them, are left out in the cold to some degree in a game. So it's hard. Like they're all good, but would it would someone benefit from a change of scenery? Probably. Um, they're also one of the slowest teams in terms of that's another thing. Pace. They're slow. They're twenty yeah. fourth in plays per game last year. Like they're. You know, there's not, there's not many as many plays to go around. And with Trey Lance, it would be even worse. It'd be even worse, not better. It'd be even worse because you're taking, you know, 20% of the offensive plays and devoting them to quarterback runs, which is even worse or something like that. It, yeah. it would be bad. I hope everybody got out from under their Debo shares last offseason. I mean, was there a more obvious sell than, I mean, Michael Thomas two years ago? <laughs> well, coming off of a wide receiver two season, I mean, he was in most people's like dynasty top 12 last off season and yeah. you know, all the contract stuff and him saying, I don't want to, I don't want to be given carries and be played as a running back anymore, which was a huge part of his value. And then Trey Lance was, was coming in. I mean, there was just like so many things that screamed like sell Devo. Also just historically efficient in terms of you look at his, you know, his conversion rates of basically air yards to receiving yards was obscene, ridiculous. Was it 6.2 ADOP this year? Like, how, how so are Debo's produce- older than people think? Yeah, he's what 28 now? He's 27 now. He 27. just turned 27 a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's and he was a low end wide receiver too this year. 
and I don't really see a significant boost coming next year. So if you paid the prices that he was demanding last offseason, <laughs> you're in a world of hurt. I mean, from a dynasty. Yeah, in, in dynasty without any rookies included, I have Debo at wide receiver 24 and Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 27. The reason, yeah, the thing for me, I am worried about, I don't know. I, I like Debo better. I think Debo's better, better player. Um, but he's not being, he wasn't used the way that I wanted to. I don't know. He wasn't really used the way I wanted to see. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't really big, like either of them. He was a big disappointment price. this year for sure. Even, I mean, he missed a couple of games, but even if you look at it on a per game basis, he was wide receiver 24. His, even his January ADP, like people are still, I think, don't understand what Debo really was because even his January DLF ADP was wide receiver 16. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's way too high. I think wide receiver 24 is about right. Of course, I think it's right. That's why I ranked him. So, of course, I like him. Um, but I do think realistically, that's probably about right. I mean, does he have any elite traits other than his after the catch ability? No, but that can take you a long way. And you, I mean, I'd say many, his, his number one elite trait is the offensive play call. I mean, sure, but he's going to be in that offense. That, that's the thing. I mean, it, it is nice that the quarterback didn't seem to, it wasn't because, imagine if they actually got a better quarterback. Not going to, but imagine if they did. You know. But is there anything else to say about the 49ers? I mean, Elijah Mitchell didn't play. Are we going to talk about the quarterback situation? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, But we, I, yeah, well, we will talk about it. But Chris McCaffrey was good. Elijah Mitchell didn't play. I think it's telling that um, neither Tyrion Davis-Price nor Jordan Mason saw any playing time at all. None. Nothing. I mean, or Tevin Coleman was out there. He didn't record any statistics, but I know he was there. It's all right. I'm sure. I'm sure the 49ers will draft a day two, early day three running back, and everyone. Will I don't think so. This will get excited. I, I don't think and, so. This uh, time. They'll get they'll get overdrafted in rookie drafts, and uh, yeah, I think they're good. Nothing. I think they're good at running back. This, to be honest, I, I really don't think they will. I think I, I think they're good. I agree. I'm just saying because yeah. it's it's what are we now? Is it three four years on the trot? They've spent ridiculous draft capital on a running back. I, I think that they you know, are going to go forward with their running back room and they're going to try to develop either Tyrion Davis-Price or Jordan Mason into their RB3. I mean, it's clear that they actually trust Elijah Mitchell to take carries when he's playing. If he's not playing, Christian McCaffrey gets everything because they don't trust Tyrion Davis-Price or Jordan Mason to do anything. Mm -hmm. And like clockwork, if one of those guys gets hurt, everyone's going to rush to spend all their fab on Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis-Price. And it's like, they're not going to do anything. They're not. Yeah. It, if it's basically a two back system where if the one of the two goes down, the other one gets everything. If they have to both get hurt for the 49ers to turn elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I agree. Darian Davis price was a total bust. I mean, it's Trace Herman, Trace Herman levels of bust. I mean, it was the same thing. Drafted in the third round, did nothing at all. Nothing. Hey, Trey, Trace Herman's about to go to a Super Bowl. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> He hasn't been active all year, I don't think. Yeah, he still gets a ring. You know, I'll take it. Right? I'll take it. I mean, the Davis Price thing, I mean, like those of us that scout pretty heavily for rookie drafts and even Debbie guys, 
he was nowhere on the radar, you know, and you're like looking for all the, you know, where's Spiller, where's Zamir White, where's all these guys that we've been talking about. And he gets drafted before all those guys on day two. It just was like baffling. Like, where did that come from? I didn't even know they, he was going to get drafted. But Shanahan's done it almost every year. Who was the guy in his first year? I want to say Joe Joe Williams, was it? Joe Williams. That he pounded the table for. They traded and then up. He, he got released then, before the season started. Yeah, they never never saw the field. Like It feels like Shanahan does it every year. Elijah Mitchell and Matt, Matt Breeder, the UDFA, were the ones who stuck. And Jeff Jeff Wilson. Oh, yeah, Jeff Wilson. He kept going Raheem. in and out. Yeah, Raheem Mostert was a signing from elsewhere. But yeah, let's see. Let's go through some of these questions. So if you talk about some of these running backs, I'd appreciate it. Whoa, okay. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, we will talk about some of these. Uh, we will talk about some of them. Uh, we'll have to see. I'm looking forward to... How do I make it so that this doesn't like... Well, this is this no, that's even worse. All right, we'll figure it out. I don't know why this is covering Rich's head so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, much better. Much better. Uh, oh, side note. Um, Rich is, has his own YouTube. Oh, here, we'll go to that next, and then we can go back to Jesse's question. Tell tell the people about your YouTube. Yeah, so we launched two weeks ago, um, the Fancy Sanctuary. Or I think it's FF Sanctuary on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, so me and uh, Tom Strachan, who's a, another UK content creator that writes for Football Outsiders, Fancy Pros. He's also a professional video editor, so um, makes makes life a little bit easier when it comes to cutting up videos and things. Um, so yeah, just just try and do something a bit different at the moment. Very video focused, trying to be more kind of graphics and uh, and video led. Got some exciting. Uh, hopefully new things coming in the next couple of weeks that we're going to be dropping do you see that youtube is hard it's 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 mind-blowing it's how hard it I is i think what what i struggle with i i've we kind of got our heads around here's the link by the way the, oh thank you very much we've kind of got our head around the video side of things and can kind of see you know the the trajectory of how videos take off but the shorts thing is just wild like there's there's a we had a video today that we released in the shorts feed a week ago that had gained like 50 views through a week and then randomly it just got 500 views it took oh, that happens all the time it's that just, happens all the time uh, uh, but there's no there seems no logic to it like it'll just it suddenly <laughs> that's why it, i put hits. so much stuff out there because sometimes it hits randomly like weeks yeah, later it's so yeah. so weird like the the long the the longer video stuff i get because yeah. You can look at SEO and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it makes sense when it hits and what traction and that kind of stuff. But the short stuff is just completely random. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then, Matt, what about your YouTube? You have YouTube too. Yeah. So I've been doing this for about a year and a half now. Um, started last October, October of 21. And uh, I do film breakdowns. So I, you know, if you've watched any of like Chris Harris or Brett Coleman or some of those guys, it, it's similar type of a feel. I want to break down strengths and weaknesses and actually look at the plays and not just be a talking head on a screen. What, and, what's your YouTube called? Uh, it is at Debbie Two dynasty FR. Same as my Twitter handle, Debbie to dynasty film room. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, would love for you guys to check it out. It's, I love doing it. It 
Tyler's right. It is hard to, to gain a following and grow and then all that. You have no idea, man. But it is, it's fun to, to make the videos and to constantly try to improve, you know, with my video editing and uh, my lighting and it, just all the things to just try to make it make efficient cuts to get in and out so that you're not watching for an hour to get a video breakdown. I try to make all my videos 10 right, minutes or less. Um, and right now, as soon as my laptop gets out of the shop, um, I'm going to be hopping on the rookie grind. So for the next couple of months, it's going to be uh, rookie breakdown, strengths, weaknesses, where I'd take them in a rookie draft, all that kind of stuff. So. If you're looking to have someone not as smart about rookies as you join you to make you sound really smart, <laughs> I, I will volunteer. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, people always demand. I don't get it. I've never gotten it. Why people want so much rookie content from me? I don't watch <laughs> college football. I don't watch tape. I don't do analytics. Why Why me? I don't I don't know. People want it from me, though. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Every year, too. Every year. Um, I don't know. No, that's funny. People just think that, like, it's because I'm there during the, you know, the season. Start, sit stuff. So, they think I know everything. But Well, it, we can help each other out because you're a lot better at that in-season stuff than I am. And rookies are probably my specialty. So I don't know if I'm better. <laughs> I just answer more. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm better. <laughs> I, You know, I don't. But, you know, you I count every – you I do. count every time I'm asked Christian McCaffrey versus Tevin Coleman or something stupid as a win. So I get like 80% of the start sick questions I'm asked, right? Because I make sure to answer all the easy ones. <laughs> so I can I can pad by, Tyler, you got it right. Like um, LeBron, padding stats. <laughs> I can be. I can be. All right. Uh, I'm how these rookies shake up the RB landscape. Um, well, that's an interesting point. Uh, is that going to happen? I don't think there's ever going to be a class like 2017. No, there's never going to be a class like 2017. I think we we can say that. I think there's potential. I think that we Bijan's incredible, and you know we we can talk about that till the cows come home. I think for me, I don't know if you guys agree, but every other prospect has has got some sort of flaw. How how that translates to the NFL is going to be really interesting, um, but I don't think there's any prospect outside Bijan that I'd say I'd feel comfortable being in. Probably my top twelve at the moment. Um, top twelve what? Dynasty yeah. running backs, and I'm oh. I'm normally I'm normally a guy that's you know all in on rookies in terms of running back value, but I think it's uh, to me I'm a lot lower on. I mean, Gibbs, looking at Evans, the dynasty Tucker. running back landscape. I imagine Jameer Gibbs is going to be in my dynasty top 12 because the dynasty top 12 is brutal. I can't imagine that he's not. I so think I've got him this class, the closer that we've gotten to the draft, I don't know if it's prospect fatigue or if, you know, people were so overhyped on him to begin with that now they're starting to be a little bit more realistic about it. Um, because, you know, guys like Sean Tucker and Zach Evans and Tank Bigsby that have been people have been excited about for years. Now it's almost time to actually draft them. And the cool thing to do is to like crap all over those guys. <laughs> so, well, you have the people like me who don't watch college football seeing that Sean Tucker is projected to go in the third round at best or, you know, and coming in and crapping on him. 
That's what you have. I mean, that's what's going on. Someone who doesn't, isn't, didn't play Debbie, who doesn't know better, who's now coming in, seeing, oh, well, as people say, he should be ranked here, but it doesn't look like he's going to be drafted high enough to go there. And then I don't want him. So that's, that's what's happening. That's the reality. But, you know, I almost think that sometimes Debbie people get in their own way. Like, they stick to those evals. And I don't care. If you're drafted in the fourth round, I don't care. I don't care what yeah. the eval was. I'm the eval totally with you on that. I mean, like, last year when Spiller was day three, it was like, all right, I'm not He's dead to me. It. Yeah, he was dead to me. Um, but I do think – I mean, it'll be interesting. Spiller was a plotter, and he tested athletically really, really bad, which was part of why he didn't get the draft capital. I think there are certain guys in this class that are going to rise with the combine because a lot of these running backs in this class are really, really athletic. Um, Sean Tucker is one of those. I think Sean Tucker is his stock is going to go up fast at the combine. It but better. Not, are we not double counting that though? Because we know he's athletic, so he's expected to perform well at the combine. So when he does perform at the combine, we're sort. I, I never get. I can never get my head around that. People are like, oh look, he's tested really well. It's like. Okay, but we we knew he was athletic. We knew he was going to test well. It's not that. It's it's actually about the narrative coming out of the combine. It's not about what he tests. If the narrative out of the combine is often actually, this is so stupid, but this is the reality, it pushes his NFL draft stock, and that's what I'm counting, not the combine, not the combine numbers themselves. If I feel that the buzz around the combine is actually going to make, let's say, what was the example used, Sean Tucker in this case, is going to make him get late round two, early round three draft capital, then I'll count it. If I feel like it didn't make a difference, then I won't count it. Yeah, so I'm not I mean, counting I've the been, combine numbers themselves. Sean Tucker sense. is one of those guys that for me as a Debbie person, um, I felt like I was early on last year when everybody was still clinging to like the Zach Evans and the Tank Bixby because they were five-star recruits or whatever. And yeah. Sean Tucker was this three-star track kid that came out of nowhere. Well, let's – and played at Syracuse, and uh, and so I fell in love with with his tape, with you know his explosiveness, and it where do you have him? Ability and he's RB three behind oh. Gibb and Bijan. Yeah, I have him but at seven. So like you down. said, that changes if the draft capital is not there. I you know he's one that it just it'll hurt my heart if he doesn't get the draft capital because I really like I think, him. But I think you got to prepare. I think you got to prepare for your heart to be really badly hurt because I really don't think it's coming. Nothing I've seen. I haven't seen him go like the earliest. I think I saw him go was like pick 80 or 90. That was best case. Most of the time it was day three. Yeah. I'm just hoping the combine changes. Until I see something different. I mean, he is, he is a trap guy. So, I mean, I think he's going to like really blaze at the combine. And and I hope that that gets him more on the NFL. Raider, I, I think it's just it's hurt him that he played at Syracuse and he never transferred out and whatever. But I really like his tape. I think you know he's got the size, the power and speed combo, and the receiving. Like he's got three down upside if he gets the draft capital. Um, and he handled like that bell cow workload in college and and thrived in it. So we'll see. I mean, I'm really hoping I'm with you, though. If he if it's day three capital, it's going to be really hard to take him any higher than like the late second round of a rookie draft. So, you know, it's even worse than that, too, because if as a running back, if you get day three capital, there's always going to be a question. Will Mm. you be replaced next year? Well, there could be (laughs) another running back. So your dynasty value is permanently 
I mean, how many years does it take for a running back to shake that? I mean, it takes getting a big contract. Like, much, yeah. like Aaron Jones, we don't think that about him anymore because he's got the long term. Because, yeah, it's way too, way too long. But, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, as soon as Aaron Jones got a long-term contract extension, you're not worried about him getting replaced because now the team's invested in him. Day three capital on a rookie contract, there's no investment. So that's how long it takes. I mean, a guy, a guy like Damian Pierce or Khalil Herbert or Ramondre, like until they get a long-term contract, people are always going to – have that in the back of their minds yeah it usually takes for some people after two years you can start to see it like i don't think i don't think anyone's saying at this point that Ramondre stevenson is going to be supplanted complimented is different but supplanted i don't think people are really saying that you know aaron jones after his 2018 i feel like people had gotten comfortable with the idea that Aaron Jones was the starter, but it, it's never one year. It's always at least two. Yeah, you need to have two good years of play as a later pick and then hold the job into year three. Then maybe after two years of play and holding job into year three, then maybe your people are comfortable with you. That's the earliest, I think. It requires that amount to overcome later draft. You, at a minimum I mean, you have to do that because like oh, absolutely if you, if you don't then you end up like oh man i traded my first round pick this offseason for elijah mitchell and then they traded for mccaffrey or you know i traded my first round pick for michael carter and then they drafted Brees hall like you yeah. have to do i mean i think i think ramondre especially is such an interesting name for like our discussion today and obviously like we're talking dynasty running back trade targets sells like I feel like it's so completely divided and split where, you know, half half of the people kind of think, well, it's a Patriots running back. Look at their team. You know, he's going to be in a committee where he's not really taken more than probably 55 percent, 60 percent of the work there. But then some people are on the complete flip side where they're like, look, he's been really good for two years now. He just put up an RB one season like it looks like he's the guy. And it's like. So I think that's a name where regardless of which way you're really looking to go, like you have to kind of shop in whatever Mm -hmm. way. Because if you have a manager that thinks, oh, they're going to be, you know, completely splitting that work next year, regardless of how good he's been, like go get him for a little cheap. But if you got, you know, if you have him on your team and a manager thinks, oh, he's a rock solid RB1 now, it's like, okay, see what you can get for him then. Because that's, you know, you might believe that and he, by all means, he looks great. And, you know, I don't think he should be splitting too much work, but that's just kind of the philosophy that the team has always kind of had. So it, it's, I think that especially, I think is a very interesting name. And was like, yeah, I'm that's a great point. And it, you're right. It's going to be different in every single league, like what, what people mm-hmm. will give for him. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I am kind of sad, low-key. Like, this has been kind of a fun season, I would say. Definitely. Yeah, the playoffs haven't been as exciting as last year's were, but the, the season overall has been a, been a fun one. I don't think the playoffs have been bad. No, I, I guess everybody's got, like, that Chiefs-Bills game in their mind from last year, and they've been waiting for one of these, like, matchups. Like, when you see Bengals-Chiefs or... Bengals bills like everybody's waiting for one of these like epic games and it hasn't really materialized yet but they haven't been terrible they just haven't been like classics you know no no we didn't 
until he and every other Chiefs wide receiver got hurt. <laughs> he got hurt in the third quarter. <laughs> What's the excuse for the poor play in quarters one and two? I mean, he's been terrible for like seven weeks. You know, I used to think that Juju was going to be back. I don't anymore. I mean, they've totally phased him out of the offense. I, I don't, I really don't know what the Chiefs are going to do because it's very interesting. They're in the Super Bowl. Obviously, things have gone well. Travis Kelsey is there. Whatever it is, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore are going to be there. Everyone else, I mean, Miko Hardman and Juju are free agents. MVS is, uh, I mean, he has a bunch of money left on his contract. He's not worth it. He was pretty good last night. I was going to say he played he played well last night. That's for sure. I was surprised. But, I mean, they wouldn't have won that game without him last night. He looked great. Made some which good I've plays. Which I almost never said about MVS. <laughs> I don't know though. Like, are they going to keep him or like they have to decide? Contract. Well, no, they have to decide very quickly on MVS because the rest of his 2023 money is guaranteed on March 17th. So he's either going to be released in the first two days of the league year, or he's still going to be there. And you're going to know very fast, but they have to decide on him before the draft, but they could sign someone in the first couple of days of free agency and then replace him. If they want to do that, they have that option. Are they getting someone better for 7 million? Uh, no, it would cost more, but they could get someone better overall. Where are they at cap-wise, though? They're going to have to choose. As... I, I mean, the, the one thing that I think is pretty clear is Kadarius Tony's going to be there. Sky Moore's going to be there. I think they're either going to re-sign Juju or let MBS's guaranteed money vest and keep him. They're not, I don't think they're going to re-sign Juju and keep MBS. Because I think it's clear that this receiving core is not good enough. They need to add yet another player. So they're not going to be able to pay Juju's contract have 6.44 million more for MVS and then also outlay more money to another wide receiver. So it, it's going to be an either or. They've got a decent amount of cap space, to be fair. They've got 12 million in space. They can save a further 21 by releasing Frank Clark. I think we can go ahead and report that yeah. that's, that's but, being done now. But they'd eat 15 million up just re-signing those two. Yeah. But if you're going to give them, so that's 35 million. Yeah, but what do you think is better? I think it's better to, I think it's going to be tough for them to let both of them walk. Because if they let both of them walk, then they're going in, and Nicole Hardman's also free agent. They're going to go into free agency in the draft with nothing. I mean, they could let both of them walk. I mean, they could uh, sign someone else. Who, who are they signing, though? There isn't They've anybody, got, yeah. There's Jaco Jacoby Myers, DJ Lazard, Chark. yeah, DJ Chark. Like, there's, there's no one. So... Yeah. You're, hey, you're like then Jacoby. going into the draft. That dude is Jacoby Myers is an underrated baller, but oh, I think whoever wrong, the... I love Jacoby Myers, but he's not. When you're going out looking for a stud free agent, he's yeah. He's Jacoby easy. Myers is not really an upgrade over, over Juju? Juju. I think not really. he is. Not really. I mean, not, not really. like he's not a huge difference maker. I'll give you that. Not really. He's he gets open. He's a very reliable target, but. Uh, right. I, feel, yeah. not, I, mean, I kind of feel like I'm not Jacoby would be more helpful and useful for that offense than Juju kind of was and has been recently, especially. But I agree yeah, in terms of like, it's, you can't look at him. 
Yeah. Juju was good, and then he just got injured and has never been the same. Completely trailed off, yeah. I feel like Tony, when he has been on the field, has looked like he's the perfect fit for that offense. Like, the, Reed can get creative with him and get him the ball in space and make guys – he just – it's like – The good he, news is – He lasts like four plays. Healthy. You're not going to have to wonder about this. By March 17th, it's all going to be decided. They're either going mm-hmm. to have – retained MVS and then they'll be looking for a receiver in the draft or they'll have signed Juju and we'll be looking for a receiver in the draft as well. Or uh, they'll have signed someone else and potentially moved on from both of them. I mean, maybe they just don't like MVS and Juju and they sign, they think that Jacoby Myers or DJ Chark or Alan Lazard, they like them better and they sign one of them, move on. And then, you know, they could still look for a receiver in the draft. They could, could go out and trade for someone. Who knows? We've and then, spend, and if they went out and traded for someone, they would. Pick. I, I think it's. Yeah, if they went out and traded for someone, I think they would still move on from these guys. They could go give two hundred one for Chase Claypool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins would be the guy that they would trade for. Yeah, you're probably right. And if they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, then mm. I think I don't think they, they, I I didn't see that at all. How are they going to fit him in the cap? Considering he wants yeah. a new contract. I don't. Uh, well, I mean, if they don't re-sign Juju and save seven million by getting rid of MBS, then they cut Frank Clark. I mean, they can afford it. It would be tough, but they could afford it. Plus, they've got to re-sign their rookies. Yeah, that 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 feels like they can cut Clyde Edwards-Helaire, save three <laughs> or four million from doing that. Like they 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 can do it. They they can do it. It's not. I don't know if it's the best move, but they can. What kind of money do you think Hopkins commands at his age? I don't. I mean, I. I, I mean, I don't know. I but, wouldn't be wanting to give him a new contract, but he's asking for twenty-five mil, isn't he? I don't. Twenty-five. Mil. I don't know about that. That's that's a lot of money. I feel like even like just twenty is risky at <laughs> where we're at with him. And that's. Yeah, I mean, I see why I, he wants I haven't a new heard anything. Though. Yeah, definitely understand that, and you know, it's kind of it's like feels like it's all but written that he's out but I, I haven't seen anything that would suggest that that might be like a landing spot at all i feel like either a couple way other names floating the around chiefs the chiefs will have a receiver that's better than anyone they had this year next year from somewhere because this has been really bad despite the fact that they're in the super bowl you know they it's crazy that's, to say that well that, that's why the best receiver. Yeah. Well, that's well, why I what also Matt, think Matt said is also just like it's so frustrating because when Tony is actually out there and he like gets the ball and gets started, like he he looks so great and like just you know just getting by tackles they can't they can't bring him down like I've never seen the first first guy come in and actually bring him down even last night when he got hurt shook one guy off tried to plant his foot he was gonna make a nasty juke and what do you know he sprained his ankle or whatever on that like it's just like that's so frustrating because you see it like you see his his explosion they need a one just you know that's that's what they need is they need a one and we we all know that yeah i don't know who they're gonna be able to acquire but the offseason is long you never know you never know a lot of things could happen i don't think people really saw tyreek hill being traded to the dolphins when the no, that, I mean, that happened in the course of one day. It's like, oh, he might be yeah. gone. Oh, he's a dolphin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so you never know. Um, Rob, I don't know what this means. 
Um, Hat man. A James Robinson problem. I don't know if you really have a James Robinson problem. Like, what's well, the problem? If you believe in his talent, that's your problem. He's terrible as a Jets fan. It, <laughs> it, it, it was it was awful. Stop believing in his going. talent. Problem solved. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Rather <laughs> rather than cutting him though, whatever the last round pick is in your league, whether it's a fourth or a fifth, whatever, go and offer him to every single team in your league for that pick. I would take him for if, a fifth. If, so you'd get you'd get if, a fifth from me. There you go. If it doesn't, if it yeah. doesn't get accepted by anyone, then you know he is worthless, and you can drop him. That's smart. I would take him for a fifth for sure. I take any run, or any running back who had that anything near that level of success for a fifth. You just never know. I, yeah, yeah this, he got beat out by Ty Johnson. Come on. I know, but you get the Deonta Foreman where they're like successful, like, and then years later it happens again. So anyone who's been as successful as he was is someone that I'm yeah. going to not drop out of my rankings completely until they're completely out of the NFL, which he is not yet. And he's only 25. So, but yeah, I'm not saying buy him, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you? Uh, I'm not from the Charlotte area. I'm from the Raleigh area. So I am from North Carolina. How close are those to each other? I'm from New York. To me, the rest of the country is kind of all the same. <laughs> it's about it's about two, two and a half hours from, from where I grew up to Charlotte. And, oh, see, to me, they're like right next to each other. But And actually, know. right now I live in South Carolina. So I'm also I'm about two hours the other direction from Charlotte now. I'm in the Clemson area. So I think I you love, should move to New I York. Love, I love hearing I love hearing you guys describe somewhere as like, oh, I'm just down the road, two hours. You know, two hours for us is literally the other end of the country. <laughs> well for me it's like all these places are like very you know I, I don't know someone yesterday at some point they told me kansas city was near arkansas i was like well it is i don't know i it is i, I don't even know where arkansas is i mean it could be some somewhere in that area i don't really know well you know, i'm I, close enough that i could drive in for for a game but i'm not close enough to for it to be worth having season tickets we'll put it that way for me i'm more Especially worried about this- I'm more worried yeah, about you know, right which, which avenue I'm on in Manhattan. You know, it takes it's going to take me as long to get from one end of Manhattan to the other as it would take you to get to the game. That's how bad traffic is in New York. I believe it. Did you miss the Kellen Moore talk? No, you didn't miss it. I mean, I think he was scapegoated in Dallas. And then in terms of hiring on the Chargers, I mean, we all said that he was better than Joe Lombardi, which is a very, very low bar. But I'm not like doing backflips. It's it's how I felt when it's like all right we're get, the pat the Pats are getting you know someone else in it's like I don't care who it is it's going to be better than Matt Patricia it's like it's it kind of felt Joe a little Judge. bit like that like Joe it was Judge. just uh. all right first round pick plus some for Lamar for the Panthers um, add another three that. first rounders on there and you might have a conversation <laughs> yeah first round pick plus. Lamar's not going anywhere, you know? I really don't think Lamar's going anywhere. I think this is overblown. Yeah. If he was leaving, I would love to, to, you know, to find a way to get him because, I mean, like I told you guys earlier, I'm sick of the Band-Aid thing. And the draft but feels... What's, what's the price? If I don't know, man. I mean, the, the draft feels trading, so man, risky right it's... now. Like, we didn't tank well enough, and we're sitting at nine, and... 
outside of Young and Stroud, I think these quarterbacks are such gambles. So I don't know. If, I think if, if there was get, any way that we could get, get Lamar, Lamar, and I felt this way, I mean, it feels dirty to say to it. Lamar, this was, <laughs> when Deshaun when the Deshaun thing was happening, it was like, oh man, we haven't had a quarterback that we could feel good about in such a long time. Like And how did that work out? <laughs> well, we didn't get him. So Well, it worked out well because you didn't get him. You're totally terrible. There wasn't the answer. Give, didn't give two hundred and fifty <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, you know. I wouldn't I'd have said not to. But people but if the had Sean other Watson costs what was he? So he was three firsts, a second, and a third. Lamar and they gave him two hundred and thirty million guaranteed. So Lamar is played more recently, been better, more worth more than that. A, you <laughs> know, a, a serial, you know, all sorts of results <laughs> hanging over him. What's what's the cost for Lamar? You're having to pay four firsts. Plus, give him a. I think the difference is though, that Horn or something, like some contract. really young. Deshaun yeah. was still under a long-term contract with Houston, whereas Lamar is an impending free agent. So they would have Lamar on the franchise tag. They don't have as much leverage as what Houston had. They have, oh, they have a lot I of see, leverage. I, I disagree. I think they've got just as much. The Ravens can franchise Lamar three times, which is essentially a three-year contract, which is what Deshaun Watson and had. Additionally. There's not all of this. Uh, first of all, what people always forget about Deshaun Watson is that before any of that happened, he refused to play for the Texans. That was before. And then there was a whole other problem. And despite all of that public refusal to play for the Texans and then everything, all the horrible things that Deshaun Watson did, he still, despite all of that and a year delay, still got free first and all of that money. So. Yeah. Lamar is not refusing to play and also doesn't have all of these other major risks. So I don't think Lamar's getting traded. I don't think anyone can afford it. I think we're at the point where the cost, this Deshaun Watson thing was a dumb thing that the Browns did. And I think that now that it was done and look at how it went, it went very badly. I think that teams are going to be very wary of gutting your entire team for years. The Russell Wilson trade, how did that one go? How did that, how does that look now? It didn't go so well. I think teams are going to be very wary of trading three firsts and then giving 200 million guaranteed because if it doesn't work out, you set yourself back not for one year. The Aaron Rodgers extension, it was bad. It was, it was bad. But the Packers, if they just take their medicine this year, they can be free and clear for 2024. The Browns are stuck. Until 2026, the Broncos are stuck until really 2025 at a minimum because no one's going to bail them out. They're stuck with these disasters for years and years to come. So I really don't think anyone's going to pay the price that the Ravens would ask, which is rightfully the three firsts that we've been talking about. I think it would cost the Carolina picks at nine. I think it would cost nine. 2024 first and 2025 first. I think that's what it would cost. And nobody's going to pay that. Nobody's going to pay that and then hand him 200 million guaranteed because you can't win that way. You can't win if you have to pay a quarterback 200 million and you don't have any first round picks. You're not going to be able to build a winning team that way. So plus, and that's assuming it works out. That's assuming it works out. That's assuming it works out and the quarterback plays well, it's still going to be hard. If it doesn't work out, 
then you're in years of shit. So what's going to happen is that Lamar is going to agree to a contract extension with the Ravens because there's no other way. Otherwise, I mean, he's just going to, what, hold out and pass up $170 million guaranteed? I mean, that is the idea. That's something he could do, but it doesn't sound so good. I Where's my $170 million? I'll, I'll sign it. I, yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen. I wonder if he would play on the franchise tag. I don't know that he would, but. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have a choice, really. Yeah, I guess they did change the CBA. You can't really hold out. You can't hold out. He, I mean, you he, can he basically the... either retires or plays on the franchise tag because yeah. he's good. They they can keep him for three years and he choose not to play. They and they I hold do think of leverage. of all the organizations, the Ravens are the one one of the ones that I think will not buckle. Like they will just be like, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, and once you get past July fifteenth, you can't negotiate a, a long term deal on the franchise tag. So. Once you get past July 15th, it's either at that point on July 16th, it's either sign the franchise tag or don't play at all. Those are his only options. There is no negotiation. They're not allowed to negotiate. So there's no option at that point. Even if the Ravens wanted to negotiate with him, they can't. So there's no, they're going to be in that situation if they get to July 16th. But I don't think that's what happens. I think what happens is that they agree to a deal before the deadline. Actually, I think they agreed to a contract extension early. Like, I think they agreed to a contract extension in March. Like, I think this deal is done early, not not late. And then he just stays. That's what I am predicting. But we'll have to see. You know, you never know. The gum. Huh. Oh, we just talked about this. Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. We just talked about this. Um, sell high on Ramondre. I mean, what's high, though? Like, what what's high? I'm all in on Ramondre. I don't want to say I'm all in, but I'm. I don't think, given his current price, that he's a sell high. No, I just, I just bought him for the one eleven in a okay, league. That's not a. That's not. Oh, that's. That's, easy. that's a buy. That's, that's a buy. Easy. That's exactly. That's exactly my point earlier, right? Where it's like some people are gonna want to give you Ramondre for that one eleven. It's like if I have him and someone's willing to give me, you know, one one oh five. It's like okay, and we might be talking about for one eleven. I'm, I'm gonna well, say to no. Be honest, I'm keeping- like. In a super flex, I will say, like, I don't have him that high. Like, I have him about equivalent in value to, like, the 108. But there's a big difference between the 108 and the 111. See, I'd so in a super flex league, I'd pay the 106. I think the 105 is the point at which I'd book. Uh, for me, I think if I can get one of those at the 106, I'm going to be getting one of those receivers, you know, either Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, or Quinton Johnston. And given that they're all probably going to go in the top 20, I think I would rather, those are all very, for me, very good prospects. Uh, Ramondre is already going to be 25 in February. He's not 21. If Ramondre is another one, I feel like if Ramondre Stevenson were two years younger with the rest of his class or what he could have been coming into the class, then maybe I would feel that way. But because he's not, I would take those wide receivers, those wide receivers who are all, I believe, you know, 20, 20, 21 years old or so. Or 20, for yeah, me, 21. I think two two years of top 12 running back production from Ramon J, I'm happy paying the 106 for that. I just can't with those receivers. I can't do that because those receivers for me have upside to be, uh, well, I mean, could be close to, they'll probably be top 20 dynasty wide receivers immediately coming in. And I just, 
Man, I can't get on Johnston being a top 20 wide receiver. If he goes in the top 10 of the NFL draft, he's going to be. He's going to be. Like, whether you're in on it or not, he's he's going to be. He might be in ADP. He's not going to be in No, well, he's going to be in ADP. He's going to be higher than that in ADP. But, and for me, I'm fine with it. I don't don't have, like, a big – I have him third of those three. I have Addison first, JSN second, and, and Johnston third. Against I'd, what the draft orders is going to be, it's I've not be done. I've not, not done that. my ranks, but he's he's seventh in my film ranks so far. So, yeah, he's going to be first off the board, oh, almost for sure. It's mad. I was not what I would do, but I'm fine picking him in the first round. I don't think um, that's crazy. I, I just think the other two it's are better. Obscene. The other two are better, but I'm fine. First round, I don't have a problem. Uh, but I think he's going to be the first one off the board. Pretty much every mock I've seen has him as the first one off the board. Any recent mock. He's in the top 10 in most of them. Actually, I was just looking at Carolina's picks, and the most recent mock I was looking at had them taking him at nine. (laughs) Don't do that to me, Tyler. That's what it says. I mean, that's what it says right here. It says right here. Um, Uh, I believe you. I'm just, uh, I don't want to hear it. I know. I'm just saying that's what it's, uh, the, the, the one I was reading says that they're going to pick him at, at nine. I, I actually don't think he's going to make it there, uh, to be honest really? with you. No, I don't. I think he could go even higher than that. Uh, but we'll have to see. Also, I'm not sure Carolina's going to be picking at nine. I think Carolina is looking to move up a little, make a move. But Will Levis, because that's going to make you much I, – I legitimately think that's actually what's going to happen. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I think Will Levis is bad. For, for the record, Tyler trying bad. to give me my two least favorite prospects in this. I'm class. sorry, but the two mock drafts I've seen for Carolina, I will say this one. Those had are your them choices. Johnston. The other one had them trading up for Will Levis. Those are the two that I've seen. <clears throat> I just think Tyler hates me. Wants me. I am so sorry. <laughs> I I would not pick Quinton Johnston in the top ten. I I don't think so. I think I would pick him in the first round after the other two receivers. I think the other two, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jake, but they're better. I would pick them. I'm fine with the top 10 or 15. Fine with that. And Quentin Johnston, maybe 20 or so overall, I would be fine with that. Which I think is more fair, but the NFL doesn't see it the way that I do. Um, and I think the way that most dynasty analysts do. I think, what do most dynasty analysts have, or Debbie? What, what do they have it as? I mean, I think He's I've seen really most, polarizing. I mean, well, I've seen the most. I've seen uh, JSN one, Jordan Addison two, Johnston three is what I've seen the most. I've seen a lot of Johnston ranked one, and I really? don't see it at all. From people yeah. in uh, Dynasty community? Well, I, not what I've seen. I'll be honest. I try not to look at people's Dynasty ranks because I feel I don't want it to, to color my evaluation at oh, all. Oh, I have so to for rookies. I, I just don't know. I, I, yet. I try not to look. I, I'm, I've, I've, I think I've got three prospects left to do film grades I on, just know and that, then I'll like, go into the analytic model. I'm fine hey. admitting that I am not... If I did all the rookie work myself without looking at anything else, it wouldn't go very well. Like, I have to. I've gotten to the point for start sit on a given week or redraft rankings. I really do it all myself. Like, I don't I don't look at anyone else's redraft ranks or anyone else's weekly ranks. But for rookie, for dynasty, I don't really either. But for rookie ranks, I have to. I like, otherwise, I'm just going to make things. The thing with Johnston mistakes. in this class in particular is – you know, you got JSN six foot one ninety. He played ninety percent out of the slot. Um, in his in his, I mean, because he didn't play this year, he was hurt. So you go back to last year. His really one college season, he was ninety percent out of the slot with Olave and Wilson on the outside. Everybody wanted to see 
can he play on the outside this year with those guys graduated, but he was hurt and he never really got the chance to see it. So, I mean, Addison is similar. I mean, he's listed at like, it's like 175 pounds or something. I mean, he's small dude. Um, well, who do so you have at one then? The reason that people are gravitating towards Quentin Johnston is because they're chasing that. Like he has the most potential the in uh. people's eyes to be that like alpha top five, you know, AJ Brown type of wide receiver. And I think it's chasing a little bit in my opinion. I mean, I still have a lot of film study left to do. Um, and when I look at the all 22, there are some, it's a mixed bag. There are some plays where he does separate and he doesn't get looked at because Max Duggan was not a very good quarterback. Um, despite being a Heisman finalist, he just is not a good thrower of the football. Um, but there's also like, when you think of an alpha wide receiver, you're thinking like Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, like these guys that get open and command targets and win 50, 50 balls at an 80, 20 rate. And like the quarterback needs to move the chains. He's looking that guy's way every time. But Johnston, I mean, he gets like four or five targets most games. Like he goes whole drives where he doesn't even get looked at because he's not separating. And even despite being 6'4", he doesn't play with great physicality at the point of the catch. Like he, he gets bullied and boxed out by some of these DBs despite being way bigger than them. So you're saying you don't like him? <laughs> I think that there are moments where he shows on film – like what everybody is so excited about. Like he, he can do can, it. Can you he point out whatever it game that is? Cause I didn't, I didn't see it at all. I don't, he doesn't it do it consistently all. enough for me. I, I think there's a lot of projecting going on with Quentin Johnston. Because I think this is and... the trap that people fall into every single year where they're chasing the Calvin Johnson wide receiver mm-hmm. phenomenon rather than chasing what actually works and people were going oh he's six foot four he's fast he you know he's he's going to be incredible and we do it every single year and every mm-hmm. single year these big bodied you want to call them alpha you want to call them x receivers get overdrafted and people don't realize you, you named two alphas there justin jefferson Devonte adams they're two of the best root runners in the league and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we, we can talk Absolutely. about height and weight and size and BMI until the cows come home. There is no statistical statistical correlation between height, speed, weight, BMI, and fantasy production. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah, okay, Jordan Addison's 175 pounds. Well, so is Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is absolutely dominating in the league. And people were telling mm-hmm. me that his ankles were too skinny and he was too small to, to be competent. The guy is an incredible route runner. The guy is at 175 pounds, an amazing contested catch receiver. But yeah. people kept telling me it would never happen because JSN is he similar. Was I mean, six foot 190, that's like almost identical to Amon St. Brown, who also plays mostly at the slot. And he's been a top eight fantasy wide receiver the last two years. So yeah. I completely agree with you. I think route running is the number one most important trait. For a wide receiver, I said the same thing last year about Garrett Wilson. Uh, he was my wide receiver one over guys like London and Burks and, and that type of thing. And, um, I mean, part of that, people faded him because he went to the Jets and situation and, and all these things. But that dude is just such a natural separator. He's such an elite route runner. Um, so 
that's the number one. I'm totally with you. That's the number one thing anybody should be looking for with wide receiver. Yeah. Everything else is icing on the cake. But he's got. I don't be get why people why people slugging off JSM because he plays primarily out the slot. It's like okay, everybody's got CD Lamb in their top five dynasty wide receivers. He plays out the slot seventy eight percent of the time. People mm-hmm. have got Amarosso Brown as a dynasty wide receiver one. He plays out the slot seventy eight percent of the time. Like I just no because idea. he's a slot receiver, yeah, okay. It means he can't go and play in every team. Yeah, okay. It means he's not going to fit in every single offensive scheme. Okay, fine. He only needs to fit in one. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be the one that drafts him. No one's going to spend a first round pick I, I on him. I do think go, we're moving away from I, the the slot only wide receivers, but you know they are rare. They're rare. Yeah, but we don't not, see them as much anymore. Teams are more not, willing uh, to let smaller players play outside than they used to. Yeah, but he's not a you know a Braxton Berrios type that's gonna play fifty percent of the snaps and and run out of the slot. He's gonna be a seventy eight percent snap share. You know how often does CD Lamb come off the field? How often does Amon Ross and Brown come off the field? Exactly, and that's what JSN's gonna be. You know he's not gonna be a someone that sees you know like Elijah Moore this last year when he moved to the slot from week six on, he went from being a 95 to 100% snap share kind of guy to suddenly only playing 70, 80% of the snaps. And it's like, okay, if that's what JSN is going to be at the next level, I can see that. But nobody's spending a first round pick on JSN and and making him play only 75% of the snaps. No, he's going to be out there constantly. And I don't know about you guys, but when, when guys, his teammates like Olave and Garrett Wilson are saying that they think that he's the best out of all three yes. of them and is like the best that raises my eyebrows like most yeah. most guys nowadays they're like i'm the best i'm a top five guy and these guys are already you know they came in we didn't think this wide receiver class was going to be awesome but those two especially they outperformed expectations and they're already you know top 12 dynasty guys and they t- and they both told us you know last year two years ago no like jsn like i think he's better than both of us like he's like the best ohio state wide receiver ever it's like Sure, I that did might see be a exaggerating mock. a little bit. I, I did but, see a mock. Like, I find this hard to believe, but I did see a mock where JSN went to the Jets at 13 overall. I don't get that. That's obscene. That's I don't get that. I, I saw it. That's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. I'm saying. I, what? I don't. The only thing I could see the I Jets. Don't know you know what? I hate Johnson, but I could see the Jets going out and drafting somebody like that, who's a big body X that would complement Wilson and Elijah Moore nicely. Going going out and getting a third undersized not gonna make it to runner. 13, so you're, I think you're good. <laughs> but why? But that that that's obscene. you already have Denzel Mims. I'm just telling you, it's, <laughs> it's reality. Corey Davis. Denzel Mims is here. <laughs> Corey Davis is going to be a cap casualty, by the way. Uh, that's yeah. like basically as someone from New York, like that's basically confirmed. Corey Davis yeah. is gone. And Corey Davis is actually someone interesting because I think Corey Davis was half decent. But, you know, obviously Garrett Wilson took the, the offense was so bad uh, passing wise. Garrett Wilson took everything that there was when it was functioning. Corey Davis, I think, could, you know, sign somewhere and actually be half okay. So we'll have to see. For cheaper. Yeah. I don't know. That was, that was one of my, uh, my stats the other day. Corey Davis actually led the league in receiving yards in the final two minutes of games this year. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's, uh, was, okay. So where, where was I? We were talking about. We the... were about to talk about the Eagles. Right? Well, okay. 
Well, no, I want to talk about the 49ers quarterback situation. Now that the we got through some of the questions, here are the links. This is Rich's YouTube, and that's Matt's YouTube. So make sure to check those out. Thanks, Tyler. Um, and then we'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about the 49ers quarterback situation because we have some new perspectives today. New perspectives. So it's over. Their season is over. They lost. Now, uh, who's going to be the 49ers quarterback uh, week one, 2023? Trey Lance. I will bet you how much money you want to bet. <laughs> I'm not a gambling man. I'm I will bet any, if anyone a, is willing to give me that bet say, straight up. What I'd say, Tyler, for me, okay, I think there is a let's let's call it in in an for for the sake of argument, let's call it 50% chance that Trey Lance is the starter, 50% chance that Brock Purdy is the starter. Okay. Yeah. Depending on your feelings. That, those percentages. I think it's about 90%. Okay. Whatever. But if Trey Lance wins the job, okay, what do the 49ers do with Brock Purdy? Just sits there. Exactly. Now, flip that. If Brock Purdy wins the job, what do the 49ers do with Trey Lance? Honestly, I think he just sits there. I really See, do. I, I think, I think the, the amount they've invested like in him. Trey Lance at all. I don't think they can get anything. And he's on his contract's underwater. His contract's There's, underwater. If they trade him, they would take on more dead cap than they'd save. I think there is no chance that if Brock Purdy wins, Trey Lance sits there as a backup. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think well, then we disagree because I his contract is underwater, and I don't think any NFL team is giving anything for him. Maybe a third round pick. And I think at that price, they just keep him because they've had three quarterback injuries this year. I don't think they're rushing to... I think unless they can get a first-round pick for Trey Lance, they will not trade him. I think there's a team out there that would do it. Well, if they can get a first-round pick for Trey Lance, I would say bye-bye. Like, bye-bye. I don't want him. And that's it, is I think that there's... As but much as there's probably... Crazy. I think there's... For me, it's 50-50, it's but I think there's a... In the 50% chance that Pur Purdy starts, I think Trey Lance is starting elsewhere. I don't. I don't think so. I think he's going to just sit there. Personally, I really do think it's not in the 49ers best interest to take anything less than a first for Trey Lance. And I don't think any NFL team is giving them a first for Trey Lance. They, I think you'd be crazy. I wouldn't give it. I've, I were running an NFL team. I would not give a first for Trey Lance. I would maybe give a late if I'm in the would later the Broncos, part of the second. Would the Broncos give the 49ers back their pick for Trey Lance? What? No. No, need, definitely they, not. They need a quarterback. Ross Wilson's not the answer. No. Let's let's double down. Just keep throwing picks. No, it at was. It was no, on to be honest, Hackett's I'm looking called. at the board. I'm looking at the draft board, the full draft board, and the first team I see that would actually consider it at the current value of their pick is probably Tampa Bay if they don't re-sign Brady at 51. It's the earliest pick I could see them getting. That's the most I think they can get. And at that price, given what they've gone through with quarterback this year, given how ready they are as a contender, what's better? Keeping Trey Lance for two years of his current contract, even if you're probably, you know, not necessarily going to keep him or taking the 51st pick in the draft. I think that it's not bad. And then there could be another injury. And then Trey Lance comes in. You have to have options at quarterback. You can't, you know, why not keep someone on a cheap rookie deal who has upside, even if, you know, there's no reason not to let him rot unless someone is giving you better. Trey Lance has no leverage. 
Like none at all. All he's done is be injured. So he's no leverage. None. So if they want to do that, they can. I mean, they hold, look what they did to Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Look what they did. They could have cut him. They had the whole offseason to cut him, but they kept him around. And they could have cut him. They kept him around, and then they were able to re-sign him to the backup deal because they had all the leverage. Once again, they have all the leverage. They have all the leverage over Trey Lance. Trey Lance has no leverage. He can't do anything. What's he going to do? Hold out as a backup quarterback? No. So they can do whatever they want. And I think that if Brock Purdy wins the job, which I expect, Trey Lance is going to sit there and wait. And we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that no teams should be giving up picks higher than kind of the spot that you're saying, but I still feel like there's going to be a team that, that I just don't think anyone is shot. interested. I really don't. The The buzz that I've been hearing, I don't think anyone is interested in trading for Trey Lance at all. I really don't. I really don't. I don't think anyone. Will. Rightfully so. I'd say from, He's, you know, it, the now there's going to be more. Of, let's talk about that. There's going to be more of a delay. So now there's going to be a new problem. There was a new surgery. It's going to take a long time. Why would you, you're going to trade for a quarterback who's not even going to be ready to participate in the offseason program, who hasn't played more than uh, two games or two, three games of full games of meaningful football since 2019, and you're going to trade for that, and that's going to be your starting game, your first-round pick for that? I mean, I, I can't, you can't. That's, that's not how the NFL works. That's not possible. That is not going to happen. So the only way that he's getting out of there is if the 49ers are willing to take a minimal deal with negative dead cap. And why would they ever do that? That makes no sense. So if Brock Purdy wins the job as I expect him to, Trey Lance is going to sit there. What I would the hope for Trey Lance is that he wins the job. From a dynasty perspective in a super flex league, if I had one, I would be trying to acquire the other because I don't feel incredibly confident either way, predicting who's going to win that job. And I think that, whoever ends up being the 49ers starting quarterback is going to be a really valuable asset. So if I had one, I'd be, I'd either be trying to sell or I'd be trying to acquire the other. That's what I would be doing. That's an interesting point. Brock Purdy was a huge sell for me, but now I think you're not going to get the return that you wanted. Cause I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be a fantasy superstar. Remember we play fantasy football. Brock Purdy is not going to win a fantasy title for you. Just like no, Jimmy but Garoppolo I think he's, it. you know, if he wins that job and is the long-term starter in San Francisco, which that's another question, if he's there next year, does that mean that he's long-term? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But, it does not mean you that. know, a long-term starter in Superflex is valuable, whether they're lighting the fantasy world on fire or not. I think, you know, solid QB2 at the very least if he, For if he me, wins the job. Yeah. You know, I agree with you, like Jimmy Garoppolo was. For me, what this has done, though, is it's opened the door for the 49ers. Not that Brock Purdy and what, this is why Brock Purdy is a sell for me if people are super in on him. Not that Brock Purdy is necessarily going to be their franchise quarterback. That's not necessarily my big concern. My big concern is that now the door has been opened that their next franchise quarterback is not Trey Lance either. Now, if, if we get to Brock Purdy starting, then a year three of Trey Lance, we could... The NFL, crazy things can happen at any time. I mean, quarterbacks become available. There could be, you know, they could be picking high in the draft. Who knows what's going to happen? They could get a different franchise quarterback at another time. You never know who's going to become available. 
And then I just think that it shows that they are not locked on Trey Lance. And I'm not sure that Trey Lance would be the same superstar for fantasy in another system that he would be in this one. I'm not, I don't have any confidence really that Trey Lance is good. We're talking about his tape from four years ago. I mean, I don't want to hear about tape from four years ago. I mean, I like players have had whole careers in the time that Trey Lance has. I mean, Joe Burrow has had an entire NFL career in the time, three years of an entire NFL career in the time that, that since Trey Lance has played more than two games of meaningful football in the year. So we have to realize that he is risky and comes with risk. And people, I, some people, the Trey Lance, the big Trey Lance truthers, the Trey Lance stands are just assuming that he's going to be handed a franchise job. And I think that that is an assumption that's dangerous because you don't get inherit, you don't get handed anything in the NFL. It's not a guarantee. People have lost their careers due to injury in the NFL. Maybe you could say it's unfair, but it's happened. And that may have happened in this case. And sometimes you don't get your career back on track. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So, and I don't think he's like a superstar like like Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes who's always going to find a way. I don't think he's that. So sometimes if the ball just doesn't bounce your way, it doesn't didn't bounce your way. You know, maybe if he had gone to a different team where he'd started year one and he had established himself, it could have been different. But it wasn't. So I, I think it's an unfortunate story. I mean, Jordan Love is another one. Like, I don't think he got a little unlucky. He, he never had an opportunity to win the job over Aaron Rodgers. He got a little unlucky that this is where he went. Like, he didn't choose to be drafted by the Packers. He, there was nothing he could have done to win that starting job over the last three years. Just like there was nothing Aaron Rodgers could have done to win the starting job over the three years he sat behind Brett Favre. So sometimes things happen that are not necessarily your fault. And this is one of those times. But it is what it is. And now we're here. So I don't know. That, that's just kind of my opinion on that. But it's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of take lock on Trey, Trey Lance as well. A lot of take lock. People don't want to admit that it, it might not work out for a player they were very high on. That's, you know, another thing that has been going around on Twitter. But I don't know. We'll have to see is really, I think, the main thing. But I'm pretty confident that they're going to go with Brock Purdy. What about the Eagles? They, they did what they had to do. They didn't have it was to get so out of second weird. Year, did they? How'd they get to 31 points? With, they didn't. They had four rushing touchdowns four on only 140 rushing Yards. You had a Boston weird, Scott man. rushing touchdown. Two Miles Sanders There's rushing touchdown. There's always a Boston Scott rushing touchdown. Always, man. And then Hurts uh, rushing touchdown. Man. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next week? What do you guys think? Who I want to win is the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, if Patrick Mahomes is still hobbling, I think – it's going to be hard because that Eagles team is really complete. You know, they've got a, they're really good on both sides of the ball. They've got, I mean, their advantage is at almost every position except for a quarterback. So Mahomes needs to be healthy. I think for them to, to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Can we just talk about how far Jalen Hurts has come from like talking about being replaced to now like oh, yeah the improvement like, how how has that happened like that's crazy to me how like just like he was such a speculative asset coming into the draft and now he's like 
third overall super flex asset for most people. Yeah. I mean, he was going second round startups last off season, just off of like the upside that he had to be what he's become. But I think there were a lot of people, myself included, that were wrong about him and were saying he's not a good passer, sell while you still can, you know, and <laughs> that that was a mistake because he is that dude. Yeah, no, it's it's it is crazy. I mean, I, I definitely felt like he wasn't it wasn't going to be somewhere where he just like loses job at any point during the year or even, you know, it. it it felt like it was a little too much, but to see what he's done this year, I don't think, you know, many people expected him to be right behind the, the top two, especially in the, the super flex landscape. So I mean, and even did the Eagles though, that's, that's why they kicked that first round pick down the road. Didn't they? That's why, that's mm-hmm. why they made the saints. They wanted that extra draft capital because they weren't convinced on that. And they yeah, wanted to yeah. be able to, you know, if, if Hertz wasn't the answer, they wanted those two first to be able to get, go out and get the next answer. So, you know, I don't think we can sit here and look back and say we should have believed in Hertz anymore because the Eagles didn't. No. Yeah, yeah. no. I, and now look where they – I mean, now they're just in, like, a dream spot where they, they believe Absolutely. in them and they got extra extra firepower in the draft to be able to, you know, really compete for years going forward. And Because you got to think, it, if he had come out and, you know, they went and acquired A.J. Brown and – you know, now you got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, like the whole thing, this elite defense. And if he had just been what he was last year, and they're like a borderline playoff team that gets bounced in the first round, like he probably would have lost his job, you know. So kudos to him for putting in the work and improving significantly as a passer. I don't think it's just about, oh, they got AJ Brown. I think like he got a lot better from last year to this year. And, and I, I do think the coaching definitely like it seems to fit what just Jalen Hurts is as like a person too. It's just like Sirianni just on the sideline being being himself and whatnot. But yeah, I no, think it's, it is crazy. Gets, the thing that gets blush, brushed over as well is what they yes they went out and got AJ Brown. They got a receiver, and people talk about going and getting a stud receiver. But it wasn't just the fact they went and got a stud receiver. It was the exact type of receiver that Jalen Hurts needed. Jalen Hurts last year basically didn't throw the ball between the numbers. He was he was 32nd in the league in terms of completed passes, less than 20 yards downfield between the numbers. He was completely allergic to throwing the ball in that centre part of the field. What's AJ Brown's best skill? In breaking routes, winning all those in breaking routes. Yes, you know, the Eagles have turned him into more than that. But you go back to the Titans and put on any Titans film, what, 50, 60, 70% of AJ Brown's catches were slants and digs. And that's what he brought. And yeah, Jalen Hurts, I think 5, 5% tick up in his completion percentage this year. Like it, it was a perfect fit for what Jalen Hurts needed. And you know, credit credit to the Eagles for not just go out and, and acquiring and, and being aggressive to get a receiver, but getting the exact type of receiver he needed to take that next step. Absolutely. I had I remember I did a little thread last last offseason where I talked about exactly what you just said, where you know he definitely got a lot of knock for like his his passing last year, but 
in terms of, you know, deep ball accuracy, catchable pass, like he was, you know, in that top 12, it's just those, those danger plays, those interceptable passes. That's where he really needed to work on it. And, you know, what helps better than just an alpha guy with, you know, contested catchability um, and just, you know, he can beat man, especially just with just absolute ease. So I agree with you there where it's not just the fact that they got him that number one receiver. It's just like that fit is exactly just what he needed in his game to, to really take him to the next level. So it, it, I, I mean, it's, it's great to see like just it work out exactly how, you know, you'd think something like that would. So I think one thing to talk about heading into the off season with the Eagles is their running back situation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Miles Sanders is a free agent. Um, yes. mm-hmm. Kenneth Gainwell looked really good uh, yesterday. I now I don't don't know that he's like a long term answer. He's a little undersized, but he looked really good. And you know, there's a lot of speculation. Stops a free agent. Yeah, in a lot of mock drafts that that you see, it's a pretty popular spot for Bijan or Gibbs to to <laughs> land because they're one of the few teams that kind of has that luxury. in in a sense that they've got that extra high first round pick uh, that they don't really need. And they're set at almost every position except running back. And so it, it it makes a lot of sense. Now teams don't always do what makes sense. And usually these (laughs) really popular landing spots don't end up being what actually happens, but that is their running. Wouldn't that be something though? Bichon to go to the Eagles. Oh my gosh! Whoever gets that job, it's a good be, job. It's a good job. It's going to be really boring, though, isn't it? You can you can pencil it in now. They're going to draft an edge rusher or an interior D lineman and probably a, a guard, and, 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 and that's it. And everyone will get really excited for Bijan, and then they'll go. They'll probably go and spend some money in free agency and bring in someone, and everyone they'll will get excited for them. Sanders. And, and then, and that's... but then everyone will hype up the free agent signing. And then they'll draft somebody day two, and then it'll be like, oh, okay, it's just going to be a backfield of three different guys. It kind of it felt it like kind of bringing me back to the feels, you know, like the Bills last year. Everyone wants them to take Brees in the late late first, and then you know they go out and they get a corner that doesn't really play, <laughs> and it's just like it does. It it definitely speaks to like you know it might look like such a good fit and like it would be helpful for that offense, but teams don't really just do what looks like it would push them over the top whatever like they mm-hmm. they have their their eggs in other baskets i also and... don't think they'd use Bijan to his fullest extent in terms of we can all sit here and say oh but he'd be so great in there look hurts 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 scrambles more often than most quarterbacks so there mm-hmm. isn't the volume of check down passes he's gonna take you know somewhere between five and six designed runs every game that's five to six too. touches that, that Bijan's not going to get. I think for me, yeah, he'd probably be incredibly efficient, but I don't necessarily think if he goes, now I'm still going to take him 101, but if he goes yeah. to the Eagles, I'd probably <laughs> knock him a little bit than if he went almost anywhere in the league. But at the no, same time, even though he's got that incredible offensive That ball. read option, though, it does open up lanes. And I think, I mean, if Miles Sanders can be fantasy relevant running pro back, bowler which, which he was this year <laughs> then you know oh i think Bijan would be scare scarily efficient in the offense but is he going to mm-hmm. see the volume to yeah, be, he'd be scarily efficient in any offense 
There, yeah, no, there's they, definitely better of, landing spots. I under, I like definitely agree Philly? in terms of like, I, I mean, for his personal fantasy volume. What and, difference does it make? Like, Bijan is not going to make it that far down the board. Oh well, no, yeah, I mean, don't they have a high pick well, from the Saints? I was going to say, only yeah, but that's too high. That's too high. I've I think seen he's going to go somewhere between those. Yeah, I I've, think I've seen mocks where he goes high to the Eagles with the Saints pick. And I've also seen mocks where he where Gibbs goes low to the Eagles. That's uh, more likely. That's more yeah. likely. Gibbs at, at thirty-two pick. or thirty-one. I'd hate. I'd hate Gibbs in Philly. Why? Because I think that he he needs a pocket passer check down Charlie. And I think that Hurts is never gonna he's Gibbs is never gonna get the receiving volume with a quarterback like Hertz who is read one to two to take off. He needs a one to three to four. I don't get me wrong, I think Gibbs would be efficient as a runner, but I don't think he's gonna get the receiving work that he he could potentially get. Imagine, so speaking imagine of, Gibbs with Big Ben. So speaking of running backs. <laughs> or Mac Jones. <laughs> also I'm buying JK Dobbins for a late first. Uh feels yes. like he'd be better at any RB in that range. Also the market's kind of low on him. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. I'm totally out. Totally out. I mean, once totally out. Yeah. Oh, to- well, totally. Out. I mean, given I'm what you had said, it. you said you paid one one eleven for Ramondre. I would that that's kind of you know now in my head where yeah, it doesn't I, seem like too bad. But if if you can get someone totally like yeah, Ramondre no. for that same exact range, then I don't want to. I mean, in one case, oh, I'd, have, I'd have Ramondre over J.K. But I'd no, still I, 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 absolutely. In one but QB, maybe, but in, in Superflex, definitely not. Like, in Superflex, four quarterbacks, then I'm going to want more. Because I think they're all going to go in the first round. I want. I believe more. in the Dobbins' talent. I think he's I believe in nothing about Dobbins' talent. Honestly. <laughs> it's a shame Josh, uh, Josh is knee. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I have seen many mocks uh, with Bijan at 23. So... I will totally pass on J.K. Dobbins, Mr. Complaining Pants. I'm good. I am. I don't want him at all. I have a decent number of shares from last offseason that have been frustrating, to say the least. Sell them while you uh, still can. Well, so I don't think I'm going to – I'm not going to sell low. I'm going to hold and hope for the best, but I'm not buying either. He's just – I mean, would you take this – you you wouldn't take 110? Someone offers you 110? Um – I think I would. I, I could not be more confident that they're going to take a running back in the draft. This is the last year of J.K. Dobbins' contract. This is the time. This is the time. As one running back's contract is expiring, this is the time. This is the time you bring in the next one. I am very confident. Very, very confident they're bringing in a running back in the draft. Well, they have to. if that happens, then and you had already traded 110 for him, then you're probably feeling... Kind of crappy about that. <laughs> Pretty so, much, yeah. Um, He's a hard sell for me. He's someone I I will never draft. No interest in acquiring. He's off my board, essentially. At his at anywhere near his price, which means I won't get him. I'd pay the two hundred five or two hundred six to get him, and that's not going to get him. So he's off no, my board. Yeah, uh, they can also they can cut Gus Edwards if they acquired a running back in the draft. They could release Gus Edwards and save like four or something million, which is the same amount that a running back pick to 23 would cost. 
or so. <laughs> I mean, I I see it as a no brainer. Consider if, assuming Lamar is back. If Lamar is not back, then you know well, who knows what they're going to do. But assuming Lamar is back, they why, need multiple. Why do you think? Well. Why are you so adamant that they're going to draft the running back when they've got glaring needs across the roster, and they've got potentially two solid options at running back? Um, just because they don't pass the ball, they need <laughs> like their for their offense. Their running backs aren't good enough. They were injured. Uh, I mean, they missed significant time. You know, they need to do. Uh, there's a lot of work they need to do along the roster, and even if they don't. Sign a running back or draft a running back. I still think that their current running back core is not good enough. Can I ask you this, though, Tyler? And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to give you a hard time. You were saying the same thing about Saquon last year, weren't you? Draft a running back for no, no, not that they were, but that you were out, oh. that you were out, that he was dead to you. I well, feel like I dead to me, some of those dead things. to dead to me for Saquon still meant that he was worth more than J.K. Dobbins has ever been since his injury. But why? Why were the Ravens slow playing Dobbins coming back from injury and very cautious with him all year if they're ready to move on from him. Surely they do that because they see him as a long-term asset, not just somebody. Mm. If they saw him as someone that he wasn't ready. I mean, if you're term. not ready to play, you're not ready to play. Well, well, the only reason that play. I asked that question about, play. about Saquon is because it's a really similar injury in that it took almost two full years for Saquon to look like Saquon again. And J.K. So, Dobbins is not Saquon. No, he's not. They're not the same caliber of player. But I do think that he wasn't fully right this year. Bad Saquon is better than J.K. Dobbins has ever been. So I, we're not even talking about the same universe. But we're like, talking about the same type of injury. That's why I bring it up. Because well, no, it's just that I don't. I, I don't, think J.K. Dobbins has always been overrated. Always. From day one. He's overrated to begin with. He was overrated uh, because he was never going to get receiving work in this offense. And he, you know, needs, he's going to be splitting work with other backs. And I think the split is going to be worse next year because the competition, I think, is going to be better than Gus Edwards. And even this year, he continued to split work with Gus Edwards when Gus Edwards was healthy. And in this offense, I mean, how good is it going to be fantasy wise if he's only getting like 40% of the rushing touches with Lamar and another running back? And that's with Gus Edwards. But I think so it's full- because he wasn't ever fully healthy. I mean, I, I think no, no. week stretch we saw of Dobbins this year when he was healthy, week 14 to 17, he was first in the league in rushing yards, first in yards per carry, first in big time runs, first in yards up after contact per carry, and was the RB3. It's not sustainable without the uh, <laughs> receiving work, though. Okay. He was, he was the RB3. He had one reception. On the week, he never even finished higher than RB10. Yeah, that's not that's not even possible. I mean, he had, what, two touchdowns all year? He had, he had 18, 13, 5, and 9. Yeah, that's no, not right. What, in, the, the, hang on. You're talking really, about just the last yeah, the four fun, weeks? I mean, he was fine, points. but he only scored one touchdown and had one catch during that period of yeah, time. I don't think he's the RB3. No, so the, that, yeah, that can't be right. That's that's wrong. Fancy points yeah, screwed up. Not, but those, right. he was... <laughs> For, was first in rushing yards, first in yards. carry, first. Oh, he didn't yards. score. It didn't catch the ball. So those are the. It's like the what issues. I was saying. He, yeah. he has a problem at the goal line because they didn't prefer him there, and a problem in the receiving game. A problem because those they don't throw the ball. Valid. That's and those are not and those are only going to get worse in my opinion because I think the best case is that it's the same as it was where it was still a problem, or it gets much worse 
And the competition is, I mean, there's the death knell scenario that I described, but there are other scenarios where it's still bad, where the competition is still stronger than, uh, you know, Gus Edwards. I mean, this yeah. is a team who could sign. There are other free agent running backs who are scare me more than Gus Edwards. Why I think they that they're not spending the... cap space on a running back when they've got Lamar to sign up long term. They need all the money they can get to sign up. Well, I mean, no receiver is ever going to sign there, so they're not going to spend cap space on a receiver. You got to spend it on something. Yeah, Lamar. Right, but Lamar's yeah. only one player. I mean, the, the cap is going to be $224 million next oh, year. Oh, they've, just a, they've just signed very rumored cool. spots for Hopkins' potential. Hopkins has a no-trade clause. He's not going to be yeah. traded somewhere where he's looking at 700 yards. He's not going there. That's not going. I don't. Know, I mean, that's fair. It's just not. I mean, we can say it. We can say it all we want, but it's not going to happen. Nobody's ever going to voluntarily go to the Ravens. Not in that offense. No receiver is ever going to voluntarily go there if they have a choice to go somewhere else because they're not going to put up numbers. Maybe a ring chase. I mean, is Hopkins deep enough in his career that you would say he's like? a ring chaser, then maybe. If he doesn't care about the numbers, maybe. I don't know if he's that deep in his career that he feels that way. Um, that's the only way I see them getting like a really good receiver or someone to chase a ring. But yeah, I'm totally out on J.K. Dobbins at this point. I couldn't be more out. Uh, he, he's low on my list even of running backs in that range. Because I think he's the one with the most hype and that means I definitely don't want him. I think there are other players that I might be able to get for a lot less. Yeah. I mean, to me is like the first point that you were saying is like, if you can get trades done with that pick for someone that's either more secure, has more upside like that. Yeah. You were talking about, it's just like, it just doesn't make sense for me to go after players who are not workhorses and don't get receiving work are just a no for me when they're this high priced i'm not Mm -hmm. paying this for that someone who's already had multiple injuries and is not has had multiple years in the league if this were rookie that's different but multiple injuries does not catch the ball does not get all of the work i'm just good i'll I'll, someone else can have that that he can be someone else's problem but he's not going to be my problem i will pass speaking of players i'll be passing on we have yet another one no thank you (laughs) on tyler algier i'm good (laughs) Tyler Algeria is nothing. Nothing. He's just average. He's fine. He's a placeholder. Right? I mean, is there... A, did either of you see anything else other than that? Because that's what I saw. Just placeholder. Hamanega. I'm happy to not touch him. Yeah. I mean, it just seems... I mean, we see it every year. I feel like some, some guy comes in, he plays well, but it doesn't seem like the team is really truly invested. The thing that scares me the most about Tyler Algier is I can't identify one skill. Like, he's really good at that. Like, or this thing that's going to keep him around. I think he's just average. Yeah, I think if you look up Jag in the dictionary, you're going to see his picture next to it. And, uh, yeah, he's a prime candidate. Yeah, I don't think his NFL career, I think his NFL career is going to continue. I think he's fine. But I think that's all he has. It's just... Fine. I just think he's, he's one of those guys that the team has almost nothing invested in him. He didn't really do anything special this year, 
he just happened to fall into a situation where they had very little at running back to begin with. And then Cordero Patterson got hurt. And so he kind of plotted his way along to like barely a thousand yards, but he also didn't do anything in the receiving game. And so I, he's, I, I have almost no excitement about Algier. So I, I will say I'm looking at some of his, his metric, his efficiency metrics on player profiler. And he was like between 10 and 20 and breakaway run rate, evaded tackles, juke rate, yards per touch, true yards per carry. That, that's kind of surprising, honestly, because I it didn't seem like he was that special in any way and kind of, you know, yeah. pretty average, like you're saying. I don't but dislike him. Some of these metrics, player. you know, they're pretty good. <laughs> I won't lie. So it's tough. But, I mean, I feel like a lot, obviously, as with a lot of these questions, it's just like, well, what's what are you what are you buying him for? <laughs> it's the kind of thing that he's going to have to win a competition against someone who was signed for more money or drafted higher. That's happened before. Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, James Robinson, Chris Carson, Chris Carson. It's happened, but that's the exception, not the rule. Usually, the bigger money or the higher draft pick wins. So he's going to have to beat the odds, which is again possible. He was not bad. I, I don't know. He just doesn't excite me. I would Even J.K. Dobbins excites me more. Like, I don't... Like, I think J.K. Dobbins is at least... Explosive. I can, yeah, I can, I can, like, see the elite running back in there if he were on a different team who threw the ball. Because I actually think he's good in the receiving game, but we'll never see it on the Ravens. If he were on a team that threw the ball, actually, I think he could kind of get there. If everything fell his way, which it hasn't in his career. Tyler Algier, I don't think that's possible. I think Tyler Algier is just okay. Which is fine. You know, he'll probably have a nice NFL career. He'll make some money as like a player who hangs around. You know, there are players that do that. But I don't think he's special. How is that different from what... how, How does that... I don't see Chark as a solution. Doesn't block. Doesn't block. You've got to be a blocker to be a Chiefs receiver that That's gets on true. the field consistently. That's very true because and of the jet sweeps that they do and other things. It's the reason they signed MVS and Juju. People want to talk about them as receivers. The reason they signed both of them is because they're two of the best blocking receivers in the league. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, We'll have to, have to think about that. Never would have thought about it that way. MVS is known for it. Juju, I didn't so really know Ju- that. Juju, Juju, I just didn't, bring, I just didn't know that because I was, too, then. I was too busy paying attention to other things with Juju because there's so much more to pay attention to. With MVS, he never caught the ball anyway, so <laughs> there was more time to focus on his blocking. But I, I agree that I don't think DJ Chark solves anything. What does that solve? Nothing. So I don't DJ Chark feels like the person that's going to go to someone like the Jets and be that bigger bodied X. Well, he's just solid, he's just one for one replacement for Corey Davis. Yeah. In that case, which solves nothing. But you you don't need to solve anything if you can get, it means you can get Wilson and Elijah Moore on the field more. Yeah. And then chalks your ex in your three receiver sets. I do think DJ Chark is going to get a job and a decent contract because he looked good when he played this year. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be in that like eight to ten million range. Maybe sign another one year deal. Yeah, 
you know, players like that keep getting jobs because there's a, with teams playing three wide receiver sets, there are a shortage of wide receivers. There are not 90. There's not even 80, 70 good, really competent wide receivers. There just aren't. There just are not that many. There's a shortage of wide receivers. So wide receivers, that's why wide receivers have an advantage in the free agent market because there is demand. There's demand for them. There are more spots than competent players. Whereas at running back, it's the other way around. There are more competent players than there are spots. So the running backs don't have any leverage. I appreciate this from Toronto. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's brutal. 14-team league with three starting... That is brutal. I do not think I would enjoy such a league. I will say. I, I don't think I would enjoy that. I, I'm not... I, I'm kind of good on that, on that format. I don't want to play that. This is telling me I'm going to start 42 running backs a week as a league? That doesn't sound so good. A lot is the answer then, by the way. A lot more. Yeah. I'll tell you what I would do is I'd invest in some high-priced running backs so I don't have to start one of these fringe running backs. I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. I'd be more likely than ever to spend a high. I usually don't like doing that. But in this type of league, I might. I might Mm -hmm. have to. And the other thing I would do is I'd spend a lot of later picks on running backs, like those flyer running backs, handcuff kind of things. But that's brutal. Yeah, depending on how many receivers you've got to roster, right? Be rostering. Oh, yeah, if you're starting five like, receivers, then that's another problem. Yeah, but, we'll but I'd probably see. be looking 70 80% of my bench would be running backs in that sort of league. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Canadian geography. Um, I sent away, so this has got to be super flex. Take on a 24 first for Jalen Hurts. Love that. I'll yeah, assuming two flex. If it's Hertz one QB, easily. what the hell are you doing? Wow, that was very dumb if it was one QB. But I assume it's super flex, and I would easily take Jalen. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is worth more than three firsts for me in a super flex, so it's easily. I'd pay four. Would you? I'd pay four for three players. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, for me, I think it's just Allen and Mahomes, I'd consider it. Hurts, I don't want. I don't know if I want to pay four. Four is a lot. Traditionally, I don't think any player is worth four. In a super, in one QB, there are no players I'd pay for. No. Thoughts on Chubb for the two hundred three, two hundred five, and a third. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to take Chubb there. I mean, that's not much. Just take the rest of Chubb's career. That. Yeah. I mean, it's a deep class, and there's going to be some good players available in the early second, but. Nothing like proven like Chubb. Yeah, I think two seconds for Chubb. I think is just, the fact it's half PPR as well. It just it just that helps Chubb Chubb's more, value yeah. a little bit more as well, doesn't it? So I just yeah, feel like and, this is something low. And a free agent. So like, is Chubb finally going to get unleashed? Maybe. No. I think <laughs> you look at his <laughs> on-off stats with Hud. He he basically says no, no change. There's no change. Yeah. Yeah. Not right. at all. Because Kareem Hunt wasn't even involved this year. I think if you're selling Nick Chubb. I'd rather get one better pick. Than those I don't three. even know how high that's going to be. Agreed. You think you can get, I think you were past the point. You need 106? I don't think so. You can try. No. 108 maybe. Flex or one QB? Well, this is super flex. Super flex. I'd, I'd sell for top eight pick. Yeah, I mean, I have him pretty low in value. I mean, according to my pick value chart that I have here, I have him below the 110. 
but I just don't, I don't ever draft players like this. Like Nick Chubb is off my dynasty startup. I would never draft Nick Chubb in a startup. I don't take like a dead asset, like a 27 year old running back almost ever. So, but I don't, I don't think even I would take this off. I think you can do better. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably what I've seen the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we, we talked about some of these things. Hey, Tyler, um, I need to take off, but I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Sorry to have to cut early. No, you're, you're good. We're, I'm very tired. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, you should definitely come on again. Um, would love to, man. Thanks excellent. for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right. We'll see you later. Peace. Yeah, we're going to go to the bottom of the chat and then that's it. Because <laughs> I'm pretty much out of gas. Uh, okay. Been looking forward to this one. Yeah, we didn't really talk about running backs much. I always put it in the show title, but we'll probably stick to the show title more when there are no more games. <laughs> um, I don't think, I think this is the third or fourth show I've done with you, Tyler. I don't think we've ever worked our way through a show sheet. No. <laughs> no, we haven't. It's a it's a suggestion. Not, it's a suggestion. Not really, yeah. Uh... Honestly, if you really, if the people are listening two hours into the show and really want to know the show sheet, the show title is for SEO. <laughs> like actually, for these long shows, yeah. it it makes no difference if we actually talk about what the show title says. But if you title it a certain way, it gets more views. So we do. I do try to touch on the topic, but. If I just titled it whatever, like off-season show or whatever, it would not get the same views as if I titled it something like this. But and I think we covered who, covered some guys too. You know, we did. I'm, I'm just saying that's the primary RG. reason that I give a show title mm-hmm. uh, is actually for that. Uh, I have franchise tag. Uh, this is I'm not tagging any. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I'm tagging depends, any of them. But this is also over my head. It depends on what. You know, thirty-five mil. Is it? Yeah, I don't know mil what that cap? Means. Is it a thousand mil, like a billion yeah, this cap? Is, this right. needs. This is a. This is really a Patreon question, and, I, I and that's still stretching me. Then. And that's still stretching me because I don't really play salary cap. But oh, you're missing I out, mean, Tyler. It's awesome. I don't. I don't play it, but that that's my Patreon. I would I would try my best, but on a show, I I don't I have no idea. I don't even know what the cap is. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Minshew is bad, but, but I, I, he's a free agent. He'll be someone interesting to watch this offseason. See, I, see what yeah, I think it if quieted. Minshew had a normal like, haircut and no tash. He, he no one would care. No one yeah. would talk about him. That's terrible. Yeah, if he didn't, if he didn't live in a van outside of the gym all summer long, and oh my god, a van! <laughs> I love. He didn't take a shit all summer. Remember that? <laughs> oh. Uh, Honestly, Miles Sanders has been bad for like the last seven or eight weeks and has been riding touchdowns. He was good in the beginning part of the year. Very good, but not lately. Not in this game either. He just scored two touchdowns. So, I don't know. We'll have to see if Miles Sanders is back or not. I'm, I'm leaning not because I think he's too expensive for the franchise tag and I don't, I think other team, I think another team might pay him more. So, I think yeah, he'll, I feel like he'll probably be gone. Replaceable. I, I lean toward that he's gone, but I think it's up in the air. I really do. I think that one is very up in the air. Um, but I think he'll be signed early in free agency. He's not going to not get signed. I think he's going to get a good, decent offer from someone. He had a pretty good year. 
Mm-hmm. But there are other teams who'd be interested. So he'll, he'll have a market. And it's not just Philadelphia. I'm not sure if I want him to stay. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. The RB class is very deep. Latavius Murray. <laughs> oh, boy. Gordon. Gordon. God. No. This is... Uh, I do think that the Chargers are in line to take a running back. Or well, sign one. Apparently, rumor has it, Dan Popper reckons that they're going to release Keenan Allen. So, um, Really? They can because well, they're over the cap and they save. I think it's seventeen and a half million if they let go of Keenan oh, Allen. So, Keenan Allen it was still good at the end of the year. Mike that, Williams and Popper's really not. Popper's pretty like he knows he's pretty on the on the, the stuff with this stuff. That was terrible. And good. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know he's not. I, I think the situation is with Keenan Allen is that it's either. I agree that. He will not be back on his current contract. But that doesn't mean they're going to cut him. He can still take a pay cut. Yeah. But I, I do think it's going to be take a pay cut or... But I think he takes a pay cut and stays. I think he takes a pay cut and stays. I really do. But it's going to be a significant cut in pay. Yeah. But I do think he has them for $6 million dead cap. I think if they say it would $23 million cap hit, if they say we'll give you 16, 15, shave. It would be a two, three year deal with, you know, maybe maybe it's 12, 12 it's currently million. Currently a two year deal. Two more years. Yeah, left. but I mean, they'd add more money guaranteed, wouldn't they? They'd add. I don't think they'd, they'd have kick to. money down to next year. I think that it's the kind of thing where he's not going to get this money from, he's not getting 17 million from anyone else. I, I reckon there'd be teams that would pay that. Just so old. Maybe I, not I 17, 15. I reckon he could get 15 in the open market. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think can, he I can could, get I see that for he sure. can get a, a retiring kind of deal where he gets just because just if you know go go and look at the free agent wide receivers, there's none. So I think it's yeah. the someone's kind of thing gonna have where money home. They can use I don't think they actually really want to commit to him for more, but what they can do is they can take his set they can take eight million off his salary this year, then guarantee some of his money next year. And then put a couple of void years in uh, twenty five and twenty six. That money he'll get, but they don't actually have but to pay until that vests in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six. My only concern that would hit. be, I think the Chargers want to keep that cap twenty four, twenty five, twenty six as clean as possible because that's when you're going to have to be paying Justin Herbert. If anything, I'd say they're more likely to pay him more money, like keep keep him on this contract or or put some more money into this no. year and clear up next year or something no, like that. Because, because 2024 is when it comes to, yes, they will have to extend him, but the big problem is when the base salary is paid on the extension. So his fifth year option is in 2024. That one is not so bad. The problem comes in 2025. So if you structure the contract the way that I said, you have a couple of void years, you're talking two, three million in 2025 and 2026. But the last big hit for Keenan Allen will be 2024, which overlaps with the fifth-year option in Justin Herbert's contract. Then when the big cap hit hits in 2025, then you're clean of Keenan Allen and you can cut Mike Williams as well at that point. That's what I would do. That, that, to me, that makes the most sense based on – I agree with you. But that keeps their 2025, which is when the big problem is going to be, clean. Thoughts on Cam Akers? Eh. 
see my conversation on J.K. Dobbins and copy it. Maybe even worse. Um, I yeah, the same kind of thing. Lots of injuries, inconsistent play, wasn't involved enough in the passing game. Same concerns. Could add another running back. I mean, they have to. There's literally no one else there. Kyron Williams does not count because he's still running his forty. Um. So yeah, same same concerns. So, not much interest in him either. Although uh, there is like a three round difference in price, which I think is, or I don't know, round and a half. I'd rather K makers round and a half later. That's that know. was that was basically Confusing. all I was going to say is yeah. if if you're going to pay one ten to one twelve for J.K. Dobbins, I'd rather. But I'm not pay paying it for either. A full round later or whatever. I'm just for, for I'm good years. on Cam makers. He was okay, but now I actually liked buying him when he was rock bottom. I told a lot of people to like, they got him for nothing. I was in then, but not now. I, I still don't think he's it, just because he had a solid end of the year. His, his value is uh, gone. That well, it it actually went up a lot. I mean, it was, we were talking really? about someone who was outside the top hundred in ADP and now is 65 <sighs> overall. So you want to say it didn't go up a lot. I mean, it did it, wow. it almost, more than doubled. So it totally did go up a lot. I mean, there was a point where he was benched and sitting out at, like, yeah, it, his value more than doubled. So I'm yeah. I was in potentially on the talent at that lower price, but not at the current price. Gus Bus is oh, I, it is one of my favorite nicknames, absolutely. And then uh, shout out Josh Palmer from the Toronto area. Yeah, uh, he is uh, Canadian, but so is Chase Claypool. So hit or miss. Uh, <laughs> I hate Chase Claypool. Well, always like that's a good way to end the show. I do not like Chase Claypool, especially now that he's on the Bears. But Josh Palmer is someone I've always liked. And we'll have to keep an eye on that Keenan Allen situation. Like, like I think we all agree, he cannot come back on that current contract. So they're going to restructure. He's going to be released. Um, but it's tough if they release him. I mean, Mike Williams is so inconsistent. Like, I think they find a way to restructure that deal. Because I think they need him. He was their most consistent receiver down the stretch by far. Mike Williams did not deliver. Josh Palmer was inconsistent. I think they need him. And this is a contending team. I think they want to try to find a way to bring him back. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate everyone who watched the show. There were a lot of you today. Um, and next week, we will be back with a show about um, wide receivers, if we get to the show sheet. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about wide receivers. Um, I also want to talk about rookies today because we had some rookie experts. Because I am not that. Um, <laughs> and then tomorrow uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on DLF's channel in here, the, the Tuesday night show will return. We can call it the Tyler Show. Um, because I'm not calling it SDLF anymore. We can call it the Tyler Show. We can call it whatever you want. 7.30 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. That show will be back, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, appreciate the audience. Appreciate you guys, and I'll see you all later.